and welcome to MiceCast with your hosts, Greg, Mike, and Shaft. Can I talk now? Yes. Yeah. Yes, you may talk now. You've heard Uh, the intro. Yes, I. Yes, I did. Good. (laughs) Sounds sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. Uh, So, what's on the schedule? Hopefully, not a tribute to (laughs) MJ. (laughs) I was going to bring that up. His corpse must be on ice somewhere. God, I hope it stays there. No, no. I was, to keep uh, the plastic and the wax from melting. I was going to suggest, though, that we at least you'll mention. But, of course, by the time people listen to this, he'll be dead. Well, I mean, how weeks. long does it take you to get this show out? Uh, when, I mean, I can when, I can turn it around in a day or two, but, you know, I'd like to do them in order, right? Are you, okay, you still haven't put one out from last time, I take it. Yeah, the one with the... Wait, we took a week off from recording. How could you have not got one out? Because we were all in the park, but nobody had time for each other. I did. I had all the time in the world. And in fact, we did go wandering around a little bit and talk a few things, too. Yes, but it was not a conducive environment for a podcast. Oh, my gosh. It was freaking nuts that that night. All right. Well, moving on. uh, Uh, You know, MJ's dead. So he's dead. He kicked the bucket. He did Captain EO. Great. Yeah. Whoopi. One of the one of the worst films ever to be made in Disney history. You know. I mean, it it makes it makes Willow look good. (laughs) It wasn't that. I mean, George Lucas should be ashamed of himself. The only thing good from that movie was a little bit of the dancing and the music. Short of that, the acting was horrific. Well, and and Uh, the the story was dumb. And the one tune you could get from uh, what album was it? Bad. Bad, oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. It was bad. The close <laughs> was was not the one I wanted. I would have preferred the other one. Uh, the making of video that they showed in the pre-show was entertaining. Well, the, yeah, actually, in I thought some it respects, was, it was than a little more entertaining than the movie itself. But. Uh, yeah, we're going in. <laughs> who, who has the map? Who ate the map? Yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> I, thought we were, I thought we were going here <laughs> or not. Uh, I did. Did you hear though that Thursday there's going to be a motorcade through the valley, all the way up to um, uh, Child Molester Ranch? I mean, uh, Neverland. Neverland Ranch. You know what that's going to do to the 101 at nine o'clock in the morning? Makes me glad I don't have to drive it. Uh, glad I don't live in the valley or anywhere between the valley and uh, Santa Barbara. Because it's just, I mean, yeah. I, I went to Hearst Castle um, last week. Was that uh, a solo trip or did you go with the family? I, no, I took my middle daughter. She was uh, remotely interested. Okay. It's like driving to Vegas a little farther. It's, it's about four and a half, five hours. Uh, going to gamble for a couple hours and turning around and coming back. Uh, we actually, we went on a Thursday. Oh, you didn't we, spend the night up there? We did on Thursday, but we did a okay. tour, couple tours on Friday and then headed home. Yeah. But Santa Barbara, driving through Santa Barbara, the construction there, oh, it, it took me from 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 Buellton to almost. Let's see, what's next after coming this way from Santa Barbara? I forgot what that next little town is. Uh, Santa Maria? The, no. Almost okay. It took me almost two hours to get to Ventura from Santa or, Barbara. Uh, uh, God, what was the next one down? Yeah. Anyway, it, it took me probably an hour and a half to get through Santa Barbara on a crappy little. You know, one on one freeway through there. So it's. I swear, I, I think that thing is on permanently. I, I mean, that's been under construction as far back as I can remember. Uh, well, you know, there's always something, but it's in real bad so, shape right so now. So, where'd you stay at the San Simeon Inn by any chance? Uh, a San Simeon Lodge. Yeah, is it like green? 
Uh, I don't think it was green. It's, it's the last one. It's the last on the, one before you go up there. Okay, on the, yeah. on the strip. Yeah, yeah I stayed there. Is it, is it is it on the beach side? No, or? it's no. on the other side. No, but you know what's funny is I I got it is off Expedia, yeah. and there was one bad you know close to the top one bad review said I'd never stay here. I don't know how their picture can must have been photoshopped to be able to see the beach. Funny thing was I could see the beach from my window when I was on the first floor. Uh, not the best beach view, but you could see the beach. Now I can see there were a few rooms where you couldn't. But um, so, what you think of the place? You know what? For <laughs> my uh, for my needs, we had two queen beds. It was almost like made up like a suite. It was clean. Everything worked. The restaurant seemed a bit too expensive, so we ate in Cambria instead. Cambria, uh, yeah, nice but, town. It's a, it's a nice little town. It's, it's okay. It's overrated. I think my mom just is in love with that place, wants to live there. And I'm like, oh, well, there's here? nothing there. You know, that's where yeah. Nitwit Ridge is. Yeah, I see Nitwit Ridge, funny. yeah. <laughs> a lullabies come from there, too, right? <laughs> but a little Disney tie-in to this is Disney stayed at uh, uh, Hearst Castle once and brought movies up there in the uh, home theater, which is pretty sweet. Uh, we got to go in the home theater. I don't remember ever going on that before on, on the tours I've been on. but So you took two tours or just or more than uh, we did two. I wanted to do the night tour, but the kid didn't want to stay uh, for that. And there's a – I'm going to invite Richard to maybe – maybe if you'd like to. Also, Mike, certain times of the year they have a, a photographer's tour where you get to actually use oh, a tripod because cool. they don't let you use tripods in the regular tours. And you can get certain shots that are not available to the general public. This is a special tour just for, for that. But – I got some decent and, shots and I enjoyed it. So. And got to say that's that's very important with the uh, tripod because there's a lot of places that tend to be very dark in there and they really frown upon using flash in there too. Uh, so. Well, they don't frown upon it; they bitch slap you for it. <laughs> do, okay, they still. I, I, I wasn't going to say this because it's been a few years since I was there, so I wasn't sure if they still bitch slapped or not. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah like, oh, they they absolutely do not want you. I've been going since the seventies. I went as a small. Uh, you know, well, teenage, young, twelve, thirteen-year-old uh, went back about ten, fifteen years ago, then here, here again. Uh, and the tours have changed somewhat since you know I was first there, but it, it was interesting. It, it was it was enough that I uh, I was talking to one of the guys about. Uh, I swear, you know, the first time I saw Citizen Kane, I saw it with Richard at Orange Coast College in one of his film classes, and uh, I enjoyed it. And for some reason, film I've had it. History, yes. For some reason, I've had it in my mind all these years uh, that Richard told me, and you know I could be wrong, but I don't think so. That he told me that uh, Citizen Kane was uh, delayed in its release because uh, of uh, the closeness to the Hearst story, and that Hearst threw a tissy fit, and you know it was put off. If you, if you saw it with me at college, it could have been the professor that made that comment. Could could have been. So I asked one of the the guys. Um, uh, I tend to like to ask the questions as you're walking to the next place rather than there, – there was a few people in our group who had a perpetual smile glued onto their face and was always asking that question that really showed their knowledge versus asking a question, you know, one of those. Yeah, yeah. And so I – Isn't it I'm true like, that this happened this yeah, way? Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, you know, I, I heard this story about – Is this a law session? <laughs> yeah. I heard this, you know, this story about you know Hearst um, making the film be held or you know not released. And he says, you know, funny thing is he tried, and a movie was made called RKO 1941. So, you know, I got home, went right to my Netflix, uh, which you can join for Imaginary My Way, uh, forward slash Imaginary after Netflix. Um, and unfortunately, I couldn't watch it online. I had to have it delivered. Got delivered this morning. I watched it already. It's really good and. 
I've never seen Walt Disney played by anybody in a movie until RKO 1941. There was this there was this power meeting of all these uh, moguls uh, trying to figure out what to do because Hearst was all over all of them, and uh, you know he's like, "What? What's he got against Mickey Mouse?" (laughs) It's kind of of funny, Uh, but it was made about ten years ago. It was an HBO film, and um, so who played Walt? Uh, I, you know, I don't even know the name. I'd have to probably look it up online, see if it's, it gives credit, but I didn't recognize him. But, you know, it passed off as, uh, as Walt. Uh, and James Crom- Cromwell was Hearst. And he's probably close to Hearst High. Her- I think Hearst was 6'3 or 6'4, so he's a fairly good sized guy. He's not, he but wasn't. Cromwell's a, a thin guy. Thin, Hearst yeah, he wasn't as. He, well, they said he was about 260. You know, he had, he had a stomach. That's bigger uh, than me, so. Yeah. I'm grateful to say now because that <laughs> really? was about the size a little while ago. Uh, God, well, you dropped it fast. The last time I saw you, I would not have uh, thought you were lower than two sixty or. Oh, come on! Gee, thanks. No, I've been. <laughs> hey, right you know, it's, it's that it's <laughs> that pro it's that profile that gave it away. But <laughs> <Hovering> anyway, on... <laughs> yes, you're hovering on what? I'm hovering in the two, in the mid to high two forties. God, so. God. Hey, uh, I, I'd like to say. But I won't. Uh, let's see. <laughs> so forty nine when I weighed myself a couple couple days ago. That was on a high. All right. So two tours. <laughs> uh, yeah, two tours. Did the drive home. You know, did a lot of shooting on the beach. You know, took a lot of photos. I put some on Flickr already. Um, so, anyways, it was fun, and you know, I had a little Disney tie in. That you know, Disney had stayed there and done all that. So, um, oh, and the guy that played Orson Welles was I can never say is that live. Um, Schreiber, or something like Schreiber, yeah, yeah, that guy. Which I like. He, I, he's cracked me up ever since uh, Kate and Leopold. Have you ever seen and that? Yeah, movie? yeah. He was kind of like a bumbling idiot there. He's sort g- of giggling every the, time the guy said the word erection. Yeah. Yes. When he's describing the uh, the, <laughs> the Brooklyn the Bridge, Brooklyn Bridge, yeah. yeah. And this erection, it's the biggest erection. And he kept snickering, and nobody around him is. You know, he's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> It was, it was pretty funny. But he's got a nice speaking voice, so he's got this kind of you know lower gravelly voice. Uh, well, people might, if they don't know the name, they'll know him as uh, Wolverine's brother from X-Men 2. Or X-Men Wolverine, whatever number that was. Uh, um, hey, by the way, uh, before we get to whatever topic we're going to talk about, did you get out to see Transformers? Negative. Two aborted attempts this last weekend. Why, because of uh, crowds? No, 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 not crowds. Just other crap coming up that was, you know, higher priority. I don't know if I'd put it high on my list. I know it made $200 million in the four, first four days. You know, almost broke the, the bats record, but um, I don't know. It was enjoyable. Megan Fox is always um, pleasant to look at. Shia LaBeouf is, I think, an excellent young actor, but I thought the movie took a sophomore approach this time around. Very sophomore approach. Did you read... Uh Roger Ebert's review? No. Oh. I, I try to stay away from some of those before I see movies, and no, no, I don't oh, always okay. buy into their, their their reviews anyways, but what did it say? Well, he, he upheld my long-standing complaint of Michael Bay films. The moving camera? Not the moving camera, but chopping scenes. You know, one, two-second cuts. You know, oh, okay. You know, you get a scene image for two seconds, cuts to something else. Two more seconds, cuts to something else. Well, some people like it, and I, I thought I don't have it up anymore. I had a link up talking about Shia LaBeouf, the you know two billion dollar man or something like that. Uh, of all the movies he's been in, they've all been pretty successful, and he's ranking up there with 
you know, one of the highest grossing actors, and he's still pretty young, you know, he, having been in these big gross movies. So. He's also a troubled dude. He's got well, problems. You know, he's a troubled dude. Yeah, he's well, got problems. You know what? Both of them. I Megan Fox is hot. But she's a whack job. Yeah. If I was that age, I don't think you know. Yes, they would be. I think perfect together. They're both they're both whack jobs. Um, I'm not sure if she, you know he had a troubled youth. I'm not sure if he's continuing in that trouble. I don't really don't follow the tabloids. But I was sitting you know with my grandmother at a hospital or a doctor visit one day, and he was in a magazine. I'm reading, oh, poor me, poor me, this and that. But you know he picked himself up and got himself to where he is. Um, but I have a feeling he, you know, would be one of those kind of party boys. But he presents as well, presents himself well in interviews, and uh, he can be fairly foul-mouthed in printed interviews. But you know, when I've seen him talk in regular interviews, he, you know, he holds his own. He, I think he could go a long ways if he stays out of, uh, you know, out of trouble. She, you know, I nothing again. You know, people want to tattoo themselves up. When you got a beautiful body and face like that, you don't need. You know, for yeah. the cat. Or anything that. to draw attention to uh, yourself, yeah. That, you know, personally, that kind of turns me off. Yeah, hey, you know what? I'm making a judgment. I, I don't like it. That's just my, my <laughs> thing. But she did look hot, you know, scrunching over that uh, that uh, motorcycle at the beginning. But the, the, the writers took a very sophomoric look at it. They, a lot of, um, you know, let's call it just fart jokes and sex jokes. There are certain an, an, anatomical parts that I don't need to see on a robot. How's that? <laughs> and there's two very distinct scenes where they they um, show you know what's you know might be considered male genitalia okay, on nice. a robot. I just you know oh, I heard it, about that. Yeah, I don't need to see it. And uh, the movie overall, this it was long. Yeah, hundred and forty nine minutes. I thought this is just drawn out. They don't need all this. Um, but you know it is what it is. It's making a ton of money um, now. Worldwide, I go, jump over to Star Trek for a second. Worldwide, it's almost at five hundred million. It, it'll make it. Uh, I think now domestically it's in the three seventies, something like that. It's doing really well. Um, so who knows? They, they supposedly in less than two years we'll see another Trek. And I just saw a review saying hopefully they film some of the scenes that they cut out of the script and they'll be on the DVD because they felt that uh, kind of filled in some story points. The thing was I had read some of the uh, co- the prequel comics uh, that I downloaded for the iPhone. So I knew those little things that you know, the average theater goer may not have known. So I didn't feel like there was as many gaps in the story. There was small differences. But uh, there are some people and then this guy from the Star Trek web was writing that oh, I would have liked to know this. I would have liked to know this. They cut that out. That that's hopefully will be on the the DVD. So we'll see. But uh, anyways, okay. it's a big big movie summer. We got another couple more. What do we got? Uh, uh, Harry Potter. Harry coming Potter out. coming up in another week or two. Snore. I I enjoy oh, the Harry Potter movies. I I've um, I, so far. I, you know they're, they're enjoyable. I you know they're not. I don't know. You know, deep thinking things but they're enjoyable I, I i you know i think they've done a fairly good job but uh terminator i just i mean uh uh transformers, transformers. I, I just i don't know i i don't get it i was never a comic fan of them and um you oh, know who terminator knows well, stuff no, uh, transformer stuff oh the transformers and we'll see if it lasts you know the first four or five days was huge will they continue that for weeks upon weeks i don't know it's, What's it's next? hard to say What's i got a next? chance to go see up this last weekend so. yeah and what'd you think of up I, it was fun. It was enjoyable. It still um, holds its own per se. Oh, but yeah. here's a funny. Inter- here's an interesting thing, though. Um, what haven't you heard before that you know? One advantage of animation, whether or not it's hand drawn or computer drawn, 
is it's cheaper to make. I've never you, heard that. You've got voice actors, but you don't have sets. You don't have places to go. Um, it should be cheaper to make. Yeah, there's no uh, no physical issues to worry about. Yeah, I mean, everything is very controlled. You get guys come into the studio, they record, and I don't know of any animation that I've ever heard of that has paid a huge salary to any of the voice talent. You know, it's not like, you know, Stallone coming in and getting $20 million or $100 million for doing a film uh, to record his voice. So, uh, relative, you know, it's they keep the cost relatively low in general. Um out of all the blockbusters that we've talked about, and, and we'll throw in up, which one do you think was the most expensive? Uh, uh, all the blockbuster, the, the movies this season here. Well, geez, with that long rambling intro, I'm going to say up. <laughs> no, it, no, it's it's <laughs> well, I didn't see the figures for Transformers, so I wasn't that interested. I just happened to be checking out how Star Trek was doing, um, money wise, and up. It's still doing fairly well. Uh, weekly right now, it's higher, but gross, I think Star Trek's still ahead. I'd have to look at the, the small details again. But up cost $175 million to make. What? Star Trek costs $150 million to make. That's, that's, so, that's, that's counterintuitive. <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> and I well, liked up, but I don't think it was great. I walked away with a good feeling, though I kind of thought, crap, I don't want to be that old guy you know, sitting in the house saying I hadn't done anything. But, you know, and I, I have to agree, someone on, somebody we all know, or have, well, maybe Richard, because he's not connected with the Disney community very well, but someone that you and I, Mike, have met and talked to, uh, made a comment that, you know, it was enjoyable, but one talking dog was funny. Then you got a whole, you know, I want to say gaggle, but that's not... The yeah, pack. A pack. You got a whole yeah. pack of dogs. Uh, yeah, they all had different voices, but you know the, you know the house was constantly being found and lost and found. You know, it just some of that stuff seemed a little formula and kind of. Well, I thought it was drawn, kind of funny with the uh, draw, got drawn out. You know, yeah, yeah. But, the funny with the voice change, especially with the uh, when he breaks the uh, collar again. No, 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 the, no, 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 no. The voices between the, 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 the all the different dogs is what. You know, at least they weren't all the same voice. Well, right. well, you know, the point is that how many dogs do they have with them? Eighty. <laughs> eighty dogs. Well, what, eighty dogs waiting on him. Come on. Well, the one other thing that Karen kind of brought up when we were watching the movie is um, they were all male dogs. And how long has this guy been out here? How did he keep all these dogs? Well, with? shoot. You know, what's his, <laughs> the main character saw when he was like eight, <laughs> and yeah. he goes and finds him seventy years later. What yeah. the hell? And the guy was already, yeah. you know, a grown up. One other comment was, you know, I enjoyed the film and there was a lot of fun things. And but what Karen was noticing was that there's a number of times where she took off the glasses and because we, we were seeing it in 3D, there was no 3D effect to it. It was strictly 2D. It just wasn't needed. And there's times where you're kind of wondering why did they go ahead and do it in 3D? Although I was, I remember one animator saying that when, especially when they're doing a compu computer animated film. Uh, going from 2D to 3D is literally a push of the button because the computer already has to keep track of where things are in a three-dimensional set. So well, it's like that. It, it was doesn't that, mean anything for the computer to keep track of it. It was a polarized type 3D anyways. It wasn't the, like, red, uh, red... There wasn't a whole lot of jump-out-at-you effects. There's a couple. No. 
But no, actually, I didn't think there nothing to me. To me, you know what it felt like those old Viewmasters. But you got uh, yeah, lots of stereo, lots of stereo effect, depth of field effect. Yeah, and you know, I didn't take my glasses off a lot, but a couple times I kind of peeked under them, and it always seemed to have a little bit of you know like fuzziness on the edge. But yeah, I I actually prefer it when it's like this to give me the more stereo and rounded feel versus things flashing out in my face. Did, I, that gets old yeah. after a while. Did you, you know? see, did you see uh, Monsters vs. Aliens? Yes. No, I did not. Yeah, that, I, you know, that movie is doing very that well. Was that I was fun. I saw that in 3D, and, I, and, and when they were like giving you the panorama and vistas of stuff flying around or in the distance, the 3D really... That really was... Yeah, that was you know, good. Like, the, like the bad guy's ship hovering there. I mean, it was... You saw for miles beyond it. And, really? And, yeah. and it just looked really good. The the one I want to see is the one where um, uh, it was like it was a planet thirteen or something. It's it, you, you see they build this thing up about like the first man on the moon type of thing. You get the he's the he's walking along and he doesn't see it, but all these aliens are like barbecuing and the dogs running across the street and all that. I, have you seen that? No, it's a it's an animation one, and you know it's just dramatic music and the first step in this alien soil and he's in his spacesuit, just looks like an Apollo astronaut. And then he steps in something or something like that. And there's a guy barbecuing, and, and, and they're, they're all aliens looking like, what the hell is this, you know? And then the little stuff ensues after he realizes it's occupied. And, and so I'm surprised you haven't seen that. I think I, I see it almost planet, every time I go to the theater. Is that Planet 51? Uh, that, might, that might be it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, a uh, quick look here. Roger Allen was your actor that played Walt Disney in the film RKO 281. The name, according to uh, this, was called, according to uh, the database, was RKO 281 because it was Project 281. Oh, yeah, you know, you are right. It is it is RKO 281. I had 1941 in my head from the year. <laughs> when, please. Yeah. Um, but uh, Roger Allen uh, was. Never, never, never heard of him either. Well, he, I was taking a look to see what some of the movies. He was in Speed Racer, and he was also in V for Vendetta. Those are the only two really big movies I've, I've seen. I've seen V for Vendetta, uh, which I enjoyed. It wasn't great, but I enjoyed it. I, I didn't see Louis Speed. Prothero was who he played. Prothero. Oh. I'm not even sure who that is, but I'm sure it was somebody in the movie. Never heard of him. So, a lot of television work he's done. Well, then he's working. That's good for him. All right, so are we gonna are we gonna make our way to a real subject or just kind of? Well, have, has anybody seen has anybody seen the previews for um, the new hand drawn animation Disney film, Princess and the Frog? Yeah, no. Is that truly hand drawn? It says it is. It looks, looks like it. It looks really good. I I know there's already controversy about it because it's interracial. You know the the original story didn't have an African American as the princess, and then you've got a Hispanic, I think, as the frog princess. You know, um, and it is what it is. I, I I don't know that I really care, but I know I, when I first heard it was announced, people were like, "Oh my god!" You know, like, does it really matter? Okay, well, if they're yeah. up in arms about that, maybe they should go see the new Hall of Presidents. Oh, you know, I'm willing to talk a little bit about that. Have you guys watched any of the bouncy videos? I mean, Ricky's Ricky's was bad. Some of these other guys that's on YouTube. I mean, 
you know, I don't know. Somehow uh, try to support it a little better, find a monopod, something. I mean, they just jumped around. I like, almost puked watching it. But I watched it so I could write a little thing for Imaginary in my no, way. I, I read the reviews on it, though. I haven't read any reviews. I've only watched it. Um, I Well, Richard, did, I think you got the same thing. Richard sent us a little... Um, like a pro, uh, I don't know, a press release or something that had a picture of the presidents and where where everybody was standing. They, is it the one that came from uh, the newsreel? You sent it to me, Richard. I don't know. It was. It looked yeah, like that, it that was, was that meant was to the be the online version of the newsreel. Yeah, it looked like it meant to. It was meant to be cut up for a magazine or print or something like that. It, it, it a is a magazine. Of, yeah, um, I was initially taken aback by the location of Obama. He is. Um, he has taken Washington's old spot, and yeah, right the, behind Lincoln. The well, not behind to stage right. He's stage right instead of being down. Instead of being stage front, see, you know, down front left. He uh, or right. He's now down front left, basically where Washington is, and Washington's been flopped to the other side. Now, in the past, two speaking presidents, or uh, they were, you know, off to the the front, stage right, and. They weren't really the center of attention. They had their moment because Lincoln was still the center of attention. Um, now <laughs> Lincoln doesn't even speak at the end. He speaks at the when they're in the Civil War portion of the presentation. Now, what I'm trying to figure out, it was, it was kind of hard to tell in the video, it appears that the Lincoln figure that speaks there might be a different figure than the one that is sitting because – They I'm, section them off with curtains. <laughs> Yeah, well, I was trying to see if the curtains, they didn't look like they kind of turned back to go around them. That was what's hard to tell. There was no depth in that, the video. Well, there's supposed to be uh, screens, too, that help uh, see, uh, yeah. um, <laughs> mask the rest of the presidents from Lincoln when he, gives his Getty, when he recites the Gettysburg Address. Yeah, I just couldn't tell, so it kind of threw, um, uh, threw me off guard and... But, you know, so his he speaks at a different time, and then Washington speaks, and then Obama speaks. Obama gets to gets to do his do-over for flubbing up his, uh, uh, you know, I hereby. <laughs> Where the uh, Chief Justice screwed up. Well, yeah. not, not to go into the other show, but I just have to throw this out. Does he have his prompter out there in front of him? Yes, uh, uh, you know, there's been a few jokes about that on YouTube when I was reading some. You know, there's some really... I don't know, even Disney ignorant people and just jerks out there. Oh, it's a good thing Bush wasn't speaking up there. Well, you know, dumbass, and I wrote in there, you know, Bush spoke for the last eight years. Yeah, right. Really. Uh, but in the movie, um, it's a mainly a liberal movie. I mean, come on. Um, which, it puts, which, puts, which is go ahead. interesting. I mean, up until now, hasn't hasn't the Hall of Presidents been kind of like a neutral Show neutral presentation. You know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. I just did a. I what I planned on doing a real short doppelganger, old old Hall of Presidents, new Hall of Presidents. End up going kind of long. Um, the original one was somewhat neutral. Uh, it it, re, it relied mainly on the Constitution as a center point. No matter what what was happening, the president stood by the Constitution, enforced the Constitution, that kind of thing. And once you passed. Um, the Civil War, it kind of went into fast forward, got to a Saturn rocket, it was over. Well, then then this um, Eric Foner, he's a university, I think Columbia University history professor, convinces Eisner the show needs to be redone. This is in 93 when uh, Clinton comes in. 
to the the show. He totally rewrites the whole thing. They use a lot of the same artwork that they had before, but it now revolves a lot more on slavery, social issues, you know, kind of a very, uh, you know, more liberal slant to it. Uh, Not only did he rewrite the whole show himself, he also wrote Clinton's speech, which I thought was odd. Um, Now, we all know they have, you know, presidents have speechwriters, but to have this uh, person who is not a speechwriter for Clinton, but an academic, decided he's going to do that. Plus, he rewrote the uh, script that Lincoln read or uh, used. He he recrafted it the way he you know he wanted Lincoln to re- uh, sound. So it was this one history professor who who did it, and Maya Angelou uh, recorded the. Uh, uh, the narration and did the roll call. Prior to that, it was a, a, a Disney talent. And on the 93 yeah. film, they pretty much fired all the Disney talent and went with amateurs, except for the guy who did uh, Lincoln, which also did Lincoln when they changed uh, Mr. Lincoln at Disneyland. Uh, somebody rented a, he goes back to the aristocrats, had a real small part in the aristocrats, did Nemo for the 20,000 Leagues attraction. He's done Mark Tony Twain. Tony the Tiger. Mark Twain. No, no. throw Raisincroft to Tony the Tiger. Yeah. Thurl. Uh, do not. Thurl Ravencroft. Yeah, do not mix him up with uh, this Renaday guy. I mean, the Renaday guy is good. Uh, I don't think it's as good as uh, Royal Dano or Dano Royal. Uh, no, Royal Dano, yeah. Dano, which, which is an odd name. Yeah, according to my research, he was ill at the time. He was still alive. He died, I think, the next year after the 93 show came out. But then the interesting thing, uh, Mayo, or whatever her name is, um, when Bush came in, she no longer recorded. They didn't change the uh, uh, the narration, but she uh, some D B D Hall or something, B.J. Hall, some actor, they didn't have a very colorful history but he recorded the next one i thought well is is mayu so politically left that she wouldn't do it when bush was there there was no explanation why she no longer was the narrator because other than bush coming in there was really no change to the show which so i thought well maybe she's just being activist type she's she was a supporter of hillary over obama in the last election um um so you know the girls got to stick together right that's right, yeah, that's right. And she's a, you know, I might say left-wing nut job, other might say she's an <laughs> activist. Um, but she's got a very, um, say, colorful history on her way of thinking, let's put it like that. So then now we move fast forward, uh, Morgan Freeman is the narrator. So now we've had four narrators over 20, where are we at now at Disney World? Uh, uh, in years, 28 years? 27. 28, 27. Yeah, okay. We've had uh, since so since ninety up to ninety three we had one narrator, one white dude. Since ninety three we've had three right. African American have been the narrators. I think Morgan Freeman's voice is great. He did a good job. I I heard Maya. See, did I hear Maya's? I don't think I ever heard hers. I heard this this other guy uh, who was pretty good. And Morgan Freeman sounded really good. He's got a good speaking voice. He's got that warm. He's got a, like a mix of a warm. Uh, yeah. Now, the video looked pretty good, but, you know, they really relied on, like, you know, Teddy Roosevelt was a man of the people. You know, money. The guy had money, but he was a man of the people. Then, you know, FDR, he brought us through all this stuff. But they they did give two small shout-outs to Reagan and Bush. Uh, Reagan's moment of glory was... The ball coming down. In the movie was, no, it was, um, I believe it was the... 
speaking to the people after the shuttle crashed. If I remember oh, okay. correctly. And then um, Bush's was Ground Zero. Has right to be Ground Zero. 9/11. Okay, yeah. 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 Uh, so, and then they use, of course, a space shuttle in the movie instead of the Saturn V now. They've modernized that. They did that, I think, in the last one uh, also. And, you know, and then you get to the, they introduce the president. So I was surprised by the relocation of some. I know they have to move them around occasionally when they, they add somebody new. But uh, Kennedy, and I think Kennedy and Johnson are way far left now, and they used to be right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. Um, but uh, Obama's speech wasn't, you know, it didn't offend me. It seemed, you know, fairly um, middle of the road. Nothing, you know, you know, left or right about it. It, it was all right. I was just surprised how, and it wasn't bad. They uh, doing the oath of office because you know Washington says something about you know who'd know so many years ago when I said this or whatever. Um, but Obama's character looked okay. So people made some comments that he they thought around the mouth it looked kind of funny. But uh, Obama, some people are com- calling it, which is <laughs> that's that's funny. kind of funny. Um, so. All right, let me let me. All right, let me ask this question. All right, let's say John McCain had won. Would they Would be they changing done the, the show? same thing? You know, interesting question because you know we heard we heard that they weren't going to do a speaking president anymore because people boo. They they're tired of all the cheering or the booing, one way or the other. Uh, and the three times I saw it with Bush there. Always clap, never heard any booze. I never saw it with Clinton. Don't know. Um, I, I, well, the big question will be, let's say Obama only goes four, and who knows? So I'm just going to go way out on a limb and say Sarah Palin wins. You know, will Sarah Palin have that same spot that Obama's in now? Oh, that, hell that no. Would, I'm just... That would be my telling point, you know. Um, I don't know. It, it, would they have changed it regardless I don't know. I you wonder because you know Disney, as a company, has given to the left historically since Eisner. I'm not really sure what uh, before that. In fact, did you hear about the controversy about ABC News and the White House? No. Okay, there was going to be a um, a pre- Obama was going to unveil this this way to tax us even more by giving everybody health care, right? And ABC News was going to have, I guess, the exclusive. They were going to broadcast from the White House. Well, this has never really been done before. And there was even some of the other networks were saying this is not right. You know, this this instead of looking like you're covering an event, it it almost looks like a free um, infomercial. So I think it was changed. People were saying, "Hey, do it, do it from." Capitol Steps, do it from the Washington Monument, the Lincoln Memorial somewhere, but don't do it from the White House. That just, it it reeks of bad, you know, bad, taking care of each Bad other. television, okay. Well, you know, they donated to him. I mean, really, as far as I'm concerned, no news agency should be able to give to any party. Because how can you say you're staying objective. neutral? Yeah, you're not obje- objective. Well, right. Okay, but well, see, they, the, all the they, news agencies have dropped all pretense of objectivity anyway. Oh, I know. And, <laughs> in mean, and in the meantime, they give to both parties so that they have, see, remember us? We gave to you, to whoever wins. Yeah, me, me and another guy were having a little exchange on 
Twitter today. He said something about you know Fox is just a Republican news outlet. I'm like, well, yeah, well, that's that's the balance of well, well let's <laughs> say it is. That's that's one against CNN, MSNBC, and all the rest of the networks. So let's say you know Rupert Murdoch has not made it. Um, uh, he hasn't kept quiet that he has an agenda that he wants to get the right view out. But on top of that, they just do straight news also. You decide. Now, a lot of people don't agree with that. But, you know, that's one against how many other network and cable news organizations. And because it, it kind of started because Al Franken today was. Um, yeah, I heard about that. Awarded the seat that he took. And, and what what's odd is rarely in recounts does the person who didn't win win. And the funny thing was, is every time they recounted, he seemed to get more and more votes. Uh, and so it was kind of odd. It kind of came up, and I think the guy's a radical. You know, it's and the other guy's like, oh, I don't like to uh, name call. I I just agree more with the left. Oh, okay, fine. And then he retweeted something where some guy said uh, the the neocons, Bush and Cheney said they, the Iraqis would cheer when we came. Now they're cheering when they're leaving. So I tweeted back, I thought you didn't like to call names, neocons in quotes. He says, well, I thought that he called himself. I said, neocons use pejoratively a lot. It's not um, it's not a descriptive. And I said, Bush was anything but a conservative. <laughs> well, he called himself one. I'm like, okay, are we are we talking to somebody who just believes everything they hear? I don't know. But, you know, I, I'm like, fine. We agree to disagree. And he had written that down, too. But uh, I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> but... So I don't know. I, I, that's a really good question. Would they have done this if uh, McCain won? I don't. I don't know if there was uh, talks that it was closing before the uh, the election was Could, a sure thing or not. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, because they because I see a transcript of, of uh, you know the speech Obama makes and, and and the whole thing is that they're trying to set up that the president of the United States is just one of us, right? He's one of us. All they because they highlight according to this. They highlight six presidents, Washington, you already said it, Washington, Jackson, uh, Lincoln, Teddy, FDR, and JFK. All these dudes are liberals, you know, well, except maybe for Washington, but, you know, the rest of well, these guys. Well, Washington was a Federalist, probably by today more, Republican, I don't know if you could yeah. really call, nah, I don't know, see, strong central government that's, you know, there it's you're right, you're really right, you're right. mixed stuff in the beginning because some of what Jefferson talked about might be considered uh, like a modern-day Republican, but then he's got a lot of things in him that would be a modern-day liberal. Uh, so it's kind of a mixed bag for some of these early guys. It's really hard to say. Lincoln was... Well, he's a Republican, Repu but, you know... They highlight six, six presidents. Right, and who were the three presidents they named from the 20th century? Both Roosevelt's, JFK. All three of them come from... Families that are multi multi generational, multi millionaires. Yes. Um, who Teddy is the only one that went out and actually made something for himself. What as a uh, lifetime senator? No, Teddy. <laughs> no, Teddy went. Teddy went. Oh, I thought you, uh, you said Teddy. I said you. You were talking Kennedys. I was thinking Teddy oh, Kennedy. No, sorry. No. Ted, Ted Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Okay, Ted but so, Roosevelt. You know, yeah, you know, he went into ranching out in the Dakotas. If, if, uh, but you know, Roosevelt's the one that Teddy was the one that named the place the White House, right? Just, just a house. Yeah. Okay. So, and and when you when you 
try to tap into the the cultural memory of Teddy Roosevelt, you know, they think of Rough Riders, they think of uh, and they they said that you know the reference, and it's because somebody had tweeted the other day. It was nice to see uh, ja- Andrew Jackson has a place in it. You know, I'm like, wait, he did before. But what I had not known is his his part with the Whiskey Rebellion had been dropped. The original one had the Whiskey Rebellion, and I think the Maya Angelou one and forward had dropped whiskey. the had dropped the Whiskey Rebellion. Whiskey Rebellion. Um, oh, I'm sorry, not the. Uh, yeah, it was Washington. I'm sorry, it dropped. One of Jackson's parts in it, I think. But anyways, so yeah, they highlight him. But you know, you know, when you really look at this, and they talk about one of the people because they they talk about Jackson, and that all of these like backwoods people were coming into the White House, and the Washington elite was just appalled by this because yeah, Jackson let people in come come see my place, right? Was he, also, one, he was the one that let people into the White House come check the oh, place out. Oh no, uh, people had far more access to the White House way no, back. No, but in those, Mike, Mike's uh, right. Mike. Jackson but, did have a very open door policy to the utmost, where he invited people for regular weekend picnics at the White House. Okay, fine, but they, they quote right before they talk about him. They also quote um, John Quincy Adams as uh, had something negative to say, and I I don't remember if Quincy lost him in the election because Quincy Quincy preceded him, and I think uh, I I want to say that Quincy beat him once or in something in a primary. And that I don't yeah. I was listening to some of this a while ago, and I've, I've lost some of the details. But uh, so they they give Quincy kind of make him look like kind of an idiot because he called him, you know, like uncouth and backwoodsman or whatever. So he wins, and all these people come to Washington and just you know look at the house. But when, let's really look at this. You know, Washington by no means was a man of the people. He was an elitist. I mean, he had money. He had he was, property. He was aristocrat. Yes, he was. He was, he was part of the uh, aristocracy. Know, is that the term you were looking for? Yeah, in a sense, he was. Yeah. Now, okay, fine. He he could have been king. He is probably the only person in history to return with a conquering army and say, "I'm, I'm done. done. Yeah, Take, <laughs> all yours." Uh, and then when they asked him to come back later, he, he did as president. At that time, of course, no term limit, limits. He stepped down to show Vincent. the world that we peacefully can change government here with no problem. We've got a process in. I'm, I'm leaving. Plus, he'd had enough. I think, it, I think, it, I think yeah, exactly. He'd had enough. So, okay, so fine. So you, we can recognize that he just wasn't this peasant on the street that made president. So now well, the next one is Jackson. Okay, now Jackson comes from nothing, but by the time he's a general and he's running around doing his thing, he's a guy whose shit doesn't stink, right? Everybody's kissing his ass. He may not be loaded with money, but he is not of the same ilk necessarily as no. the average. Well, okay, but by I, the time I, I, I tend know, to disagree because if I remember correctly, and I can look this up, but that's against the policies of the show. If I remember correctly, Jackson was still kind of on the outs. That's why he ended up getting New Orleans uh, because they were trying to keep him as far away from the rest of every from the rest of everybody, and it, they gave him nothing. That's what made him such a big hero is when he had to defend New Orleans against the British. He had a ragtag bunch of militiamen, and that's all he had. He had no regular army down there. Because he was always on the outs with the military brass and the military elite back then. I don't know. I don't think anybody that run, runs around with, you know, general, they don't really have stars in those days. They had the uh, the epaulets with all the little frilly things on them. Um, you know, he had, I'm sure, had his entourage. Yeah, maybe he still talked like a backwoodsman and chewed his cigars and spit and cursed and all that. But to call him the average person, I don't know. I, I, I you know, I, I find that. 
a little hard to buy, but okay, fine. Give him. I'll give that one person that one. Now you got but the. He, you got, you're, you're, you're right. And the one thing I believe he was a West Point graduate, so that 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 was something of something to be be able to graduate West Point. Ah, uh, <laughs> wait a second. I know you're looking that up, aren't you? I've got his his thing up here, but because uh, when did he wasn't? When was he born? Okay, let's put it this way: the guy was a lawyer. Yeah. Okay, he was a country lawyer, which may not be not much, but they're still not sure where he got his education. But he became a lawyer. Um, he was not from a distinguished family, so he had to make his merits on his own. Um, he was born in 1767, right? Yeah. Go ahead. Keep but he was, a, he was a, a solicitor of the Western District, so he had government office. Um, he was a delegate to the Tennessee Constitutional Convention. Now, granted, you know, just like in the movie 1776, there was a cobbler there, so not everybody necessarily had money, but they were, you know, they were respected people in their communities, right? Uh, he was a planner and a merchant. Merchants usually did okay, I mean, compared to the average Joe. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I, um, I I won't buy... He's from the backwoods, but that's about as far as I'm going to go. I, I don't know that he was the average guy. He may carry it on like he was the average guy. And I think this is that big, um, that big myth that the liberals like to make a lot of some of their, their heroes is they're these average guys or they're, they're guys of, you know, just ultimate wealth that come down to your level and help the little guy, you know, because we get to, to Teddy and they, they kind of said that, oh, you know, he rode with the Rough Riders. He, you know, rode up San Juan Hill. He did this, he did that. Um, and he fought for the little guy. Great. Doesn't mean he wasn't, <coughs> doesn't mean he wasn't a man of money who lived nicely and, you know, in general, you know, in general, what what changed under his leadership? You know, and then uh, okay, even Lincoln, guy of our own party, fine, born in a log cabin, taught himself <laughs> this and that. Yeah, self-taught again, lawyer, right? Yeah, he's a lawyer. He's got a practice. He goes to Congress. He becomes a pre. This is not a guy that is, you know, just came out of the backwoods and ran for president. This is a guy that's been. In uh, how do we say it? In the mix for a while, right? Right? Wouldn't yeah. you agree? Yeah, yeah. You know, he's 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 not ultimately ultimately wealthy, but you know, lawyers are respected. They're considered a little above the guy splitting wood. <laughs> okay, I don't, I, I don't know. So uh. I, but you know, I understand the concept. In compared to like, I've been watching the the early seasons of the Tudors to kind of catch up on. Uh, the Netflix, and you know, unless you were born to royal blood, you weren't getting on the throne. Here, there is no royalty. Yeah, we have some political royalty in a way. We have families who just, you know, can seem to produce the next senator and the next republic. You know, um, uh, congressman seems like generation after generation, or somehow be involved in government. But in general, it's not who you're born to is as much as it was in the old way. So I'll give them that much, but I don't know. But, you know, I, I understand their point, but it would have been nice to see um, someone else of the opposite party up there and not just be so one-sided. Uh, so I'll give you that much. 
right. Here's, I, here's a, just an interesting little fact on Andrew Jackson was uh, he was orphaned at the age of 14. At the age of 13, he was part of a regiment during the Revolutionary War when he was captured. So he was a POW of the Revolutionary War, and he was the last. <clears throat> when, when do you consider yourself not orphaned? Should we call you an orphan, Richard? Well, I don't know. Te- technically, By technically you are, but you know, at fourteen, I think of orphans without parents as you know, like nine or ten and below. Fourteen, in those days, fourteen, you could be going to West Point, you could be going to college, you could, you no, could be going. No, to, no, not at oh, fourteen. Oh yes, yes, yes. You you go back, and I bet you find um, between fourteen to sixteen kids going to. Um, um, I want to, uh, what's the one in Massachusetts? Sorry, I'm losing my mind tonight. What's it? MIT? No, there college? was no MIT, MIT back You're then. You're talking about college? Jeez. Colleges, yeah. Well, uh, okay, in Massachusetts? Harvard. Yes. Harvard. Harvard, thank you. You go back like to John Adams in times, I bet you by 15, there's kids in Harvard. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I don't think so. People of education usually fifteen is kind of early to be going to college. You know, we're ta- remember we're t- we're talking a different time here. I swear yeah. I've heard, I heard them referred to as uh, you know a fifteen year old and he's off to college. I'm 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 sitting down here on this road and I'm looking back. We've strayed an awful lot, awful far away from where we were originally yeah. started. Oh, well, and by yeah, the way, Richard, Richard, only <laughs> only two presidents have graduated from West Point. I know one of them's Eisenhower. Okay. And the other one's a Civil War era dude. That would have to be um, Grant. Correct. So uh, okay. West Point yeah, was founded in 1802, and in 1802, uh, Andrew Jackson was already uh, 35. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at this completely, Andrew Jackson, completely self-taught country lawyer, frontiersman out there in the middle of Tennessee. So. Yeah, see, yeah. that's another thing. You know, in those days, you could teach yourself to be a lawyer, have a bunch of books in your shelf, and... You know, I know there was a you bar in some place, yeah. But you know, is that's just something you can't do today? Yeah, I mean, you can still you can still teach yourself, and as long as you can pass the bar and maintain. I, yeah, I don't right. think it's quite the way it was back uh, then. Well, maybe not the way it was back then, but to to practice law in any state, all I have to do is pass a bar exam. Oh, sure, sure. But how many people are self-taught lawyers these days? criminals who have time in jail. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll give you that one. But how many uh, regular people? Uh, yeah, what, not many. All right. Regular so, people. All right, so Richard's got a point. Do we want to ro- ro- roll our way back to the Hall of Presidents? We're get we, 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 well, we, we are talking. gone on to the wrong show here. We're, we're talking yeah, about this, well, this, I had no idea what to talk about. This week in presidential history brought to you by. Yeah. So anyways... Uh, okay, so I don't know. My think, my thinking is, uh, they would have looked kind of silly trying to pass the show off with John McCain and his new guy standing up there, giving okay. the speech of that the American dream is as old as our family, but as timeless as our hopes. This uh, okay. How how long do you think um, John Quincy Adams spent in Harvard? Like four years at least, right? I would say it's still probably a four year, uh, four to five year university, even back then. Sure. That meant he was 16 when he started Harvard. All right. So I'm just saying, you know, it it would not be um, um, unheard of 
for in those I mean you got the, it was different they sent they sent their kids off to boarding schools they sent their kids you know to be secretaries for other people yeah yeah uh, I mean and, yeah, we saw that in in the uh, you know but, uh, back John back Adams. To that. so you you're going to stand by your story or your thought that if uh, McCain would have won they might have just thrown him over there where uh, uh, Bush was and left the show as is. I mean, is uh, that really what you think they would have done? No, I don't know. I just think it would, it would look silly for them to try to pass this the their current new show off with McCain delivering that speech. Why? Because, oh, because, he, because, he, 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 because he's, he's not that much different than Obama when you get right down to McCain, it. McCain, McCain's going to give a different speech. I'm not talking about so. politically. I'm talking about the whole... See, because as I read the description of this uh, of this new show... The underlying theme is that the president is one of us. Okay, while we know the facts say that it isn't, but the the little bits and bites are showing well, in this show. Well, they're no, trying to on. they're trying to build up the thing that the president, you know, can be anybody. He's one of us. He's one of the. Well, the, the, I, I have been argued with before, but I still think an average guy, a person that who, God, you know, even Obama's not one of us. He went to. A prestigious school. I mean, he may have come from an immigrant far, or you know, father may not single, have even been single parent household. Uh, may not have even been a citizen. That's still an argument by some. Yeah. But um, for his adult life, he has not lived as um, Joe the plumber, correct? You know, or Mister Cleavage or anything. I mean, he has been to uh, elite schools, has worked for law firms. He is not exactly. One of my crowd, one of my circle. You know, forget what uh, nationality or I mean uh, ethnicity. He never did is. fast food as a teenager. I either did I. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. I worked for a theme park. Not Berry Farm fast food, though. Uh, it's different. How not so? I, that's the way I always justified it. You know, if I'm going to work fast food, <laughs> it's going to be in a theme park. I'm not at not, or I'm not hey, at McDonald's. He didn't say work I, fast I, food. He said eat fast food. I I, I just. <laughs> I just said. I, Wait, I said did thing. you say eat or work? I he, thought he said he said, work. He said eat. He said Obama I never said ate work. fast food. No, no, you oh, said so you never ate fast. Food. Oh, oh, no, no, I meant I never worked fast food. <laughs> well, now Sorry. I understand what you're saying, but right away you said no, I didn't. I'm thinking BS. You ate fast food, oh, yeah. TD. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I did. Ah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, so I know you. Uh, okay, but I, in a sense. Yes, anybody can be because we don't have we don't have an aristic uh, a, a royal system, right? This this is not the kings on ABC or NBC or whatever it is. Any person theoretically has the chance as long as they're born here, and as long as they're forty years old. Is it forty years old or forty five? Thirty five. Thirty five. Okay, thirty five. You can be the president of the United States. That's that's all that's required. So in a sense, that's true. Though we know that a lot of these people are political elites who their families have been trading in the circle of politics for a long time. You know, I no longer believe the Kennedys have a dynasty and haven't for a while because when you look at the history of the Bushes, the Bushes have had really more people in offices than the Kennedys. And for probably two more generations or at least one more the generation. The Kennedys are just more high profile. And yeah, they, they are. And they come they from a state that adores them. Yes, they do. You know, and, and the, the, the Bushes in the meantime look at it as civil service so they do a lot of things on where they don't try to get the high profile Dude, just i mean look at, i mean look it's, at look at it's, it's a different kind of elitism yeah I, I i don't think that they're not elitist 
it's just a different type of elitism. Sure. I mean, come on. George H.W., he was CIA, he was vice president. He was the ambassador, he was ambassador. to the U.N., yeah. ambassador, <laughs> ambassador was, to the Middle East, special envoy He was to mixed into it a lot. Uh, and and, yeah, and, and the grandfather was a senator. I mean, come on, it just goes on and on. Yeah. All right, so All back right. to the – so I think they could have done it with McCain, but I think it was – I do think the show may be somewhat crafted towards an Obama show. So the big question will be, you what, know, what I'm, happens in forty-eight, right? Uh, what ha- what happens in twelve? Uh, well, if we last that long, you know, the the the, uh, the Earth may come to its end in twenty twelve. We may not have to worry about it. But I said forty-eight only if, years, right? Only if you're Mayan. <laughs> only if you're Mayan, and I let's see, election two thousand, and from the day of recording, in one thousand two hundred twenty-five days, we may have a new president, um, or we may not. We'll see. So. I don't know. He's going to have to really screw things up to get back. Yeah, the Drudge Report has his index as a negative right now. So, oh, okay. Well, and I can find a report that says his index is positive. Well, now what? What Drudge? What? Well, it comes from the Rasmussen report, and what they do is they take the the highs and lows, and they they do the average where they get to the actual middle ground, if you will. Dude, but, you know, well, okay. hey, I don't want to. I, I don't want to rule. Thought Bush could lose after nine uh, eleven, and everything was turning positive in our first few days of conflict. Every, uh, yeah, even Bush won at the end of the Gulf War. His ratings were so high, they thought we better toss out uh, to- or um, uh, uh, Kennedy for his one last chance at the presidency because there's no way he's going to win. And the Bush can or the uh, Clinton campaign managed to make it look like the worst economy in fifty years, which we knew it wasn't true. So. But, you know, people have a very short attention span, so we'll see. You know, if their taxes keep going up so they can pay for every little Gosh. Tom, Dick, and Harry thing they want to do, and the feds keep printing more and more money, and we start getting inflation, we'll see. We'll see how how people think. But anyways, that's, right. that's another uh, story uh, for another yeah, day. Yeah, and a different show, yeah. Um, okay, so are, are we done with Hall of Presidents? I you say? Hope so. Okay, Richard. But uh, you know, okay. I, I'm let's, not going to. I'm just going to say, I'm not going to go in there going, God, I'm not going to see this because Obama's. No, in no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think it, that either. Oh, I, I no. definitely would want to see it. <laughs> it's still. I watch it on YouTube. It's still a decent looking show. Um, I think for those who can't sit for more than, you know, 20 minutes, it's a, seems a little more up pace, not so drawn out in spots. So. Uh, I think they worked the show well. Now it would be interesting to see what are they going to bring back to Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. Uh, is any of this going to be transferred into ours? Because when you looked at the original show, a lot of the original show came from Mr. Lincoln. The speech was almost exactly the same. Sure. Uh, some of the artwork was the same. Some of the you know story things were the same. Um, now we've got a major change over there. Will some of that come here? And I would expect that it might. Uh, maybe the either the whole movie might even be uh, uh, used, or smaller version, of course, because their screen's you know not as big. But uh, anyways, uh, here okay. we go. December twenty first, twenty twelve. What happens there? It's the end of the world. Yeah, according to Greg in the Mayans. Oh, okay. the, actually, the, I'm the reading it here. The, the Mayan calendar ends then, and you know. Yeah, the Maya, well, it doesn't end. The Mayan calendar goes out of sequence at that point. So I guess you could say it ends at that point. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll be, I'm sure I'll be sure to have a front row seat. Yeah, you do that. That's uh, funny. Okay. Um, oh, I, I made a joke at work the other day. <laughs> Speaking of all, uh, you know, the quick thing about MJ. You know, do you remember the old Kaiser commercials where the lady would say that 
that 30 is the new 20 and that 40 is the new 30 because people are being more healthy. Yeah. Right? So now 50 is the new 100. <laughs> no one makes it yeah. past 50. Yeah. So you've well, only, yeah, got, a couple, you've only I, got a couple years left. I, I, I've heard you've heard the one about the Legos, Melton Michael Jackson, the Legos. No. Oh, I. <laughs> uh, do we don't need to say this one on the show either? No, it's not that bad. Come on, let's like, hear it. They're like he's like ninety nine percent plastic, so they <laughs> melt them down and make them into Legos, so kids for once get to play with him. <laughs> I haven't heard that. That's funny. <laughs> then the I then I one was better. <laughs> the, yeah, Farrah Fawcett dies and goes to heaven, and she's granted a wish by God, and she he says to God, you know, I like kids to be. Um, uh, was it like uh, to have what, all children be as safe? Be safe and happy, something like that. Yeah. And so God strikes down Michael Jackson. <laughs> now, I just heard another one just came across somewhere that said uh, something to the effect of uh, the pitch Rude. man, the pitch man really guy amazing. going first, first. You know, he lists he's listing all the people who've just died. Uh, but one more thing or something like that. And then, you know, it's him. Yeah. And how old was Billy Mays? 50. He was 50. Yeah, yeah. yeah when, when Billy Mays, yeah, when Billy Mays wait, comes okay. up, my kids come up to me and go, 50. And then my son looks at me and goes, Dad, how old are you? And I go, 45. He goes, oh, good, five more years. It's like, oh, don't even start yeah. with that. Okay, but Farrah Fawcett was in her 60s. Yeah, and she had cancer. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, the sex maniac was in his 60s or 70s. What sex maniac? McMahon? Uh, Carradine. Oh, yeah. Carradine. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's a drug deal gone bad, I'm thinking. Uh, well, you know, I, from, uh, what is, from what I've heard, he's got some weird sexual things. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, the yeah. choke me thing going on. But I can't remember. My ex was in his 80s. Yeah, my ex-imagineer friend told me that uh, one of the Carradine brothers, and I thought it was him, uh, worked for WDI. Now, maybe it's – I didn't think it was the Carradine that was in the uh, – Nerd movies. I actually thought it was the Kung Fu dude. So there is a Carradine, supposedly, that does work uh, for WDI. Um, I'm not sure if he's a guy that's there 40 hours a week or if it's consultant back and forth, but uh, the Carradines have had some tie-in to uh, WDI, according to my, my source. Okay. Now, do uh, you want to talk about Magical? Yeah, well, yeah, or why not? Phantasmic and Magical? Or you know, before we do that, why don't we uh, we don't we read an email one that doesn't require any really answers, but just okay. uh, um, we got one from Grant. All right, give me and uh, is Grant it, had it, something to say to Richard. Is this the one I did not get? Oh wait, no, you got it. Um, so the subject line is: You actually think Hungry Bear makes a good burger? Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. No way! Exclamation point. Last time we were there, the burger was dry. The bacon was dry, and it just didn't taste very good at all. I'd rather eat anywhere else. Disney may get the same burgers everywhere, but it's up to the staff at each restaurant to make the ingredients taste good. Great. And I will go. And I will go with that last sentence. It is up to. Unfortunately, he obviously got a bad burger. Um, when no, I, the, I think they just Disney's burgers are just bad. Can you get a good burger when, anywhere? When no. I uh, yeah, when I restaurant, maybe. you know my experiences. I've I've enjoyed the burgers that have come. Of course, from you, you don't you don't have a very burgers. discerning uh, the very discerning, discerning palate. <laughs> Here, I'll, I'm going to go back to Hearst Castle for a second. <laughs> Hearst Castle still has um, some of the animals that he used to have in a zoo. They're still fr uh, free roaming. Um, like uh, deer, antelope, and things uh, like that. Ze yeah. Zebra, 
um, that are descendants of the, his zebras. Uh, the cat, they've got uh, cattle there that is still run by the Hearst uh, uh, Corporation. And yeah, and there's some steers. Conservancy. So um, that that belongs. That whole thing belongs to the state. No, it yeah, doesn't. But hurt, well, no, it just, doesn't. Shut up, Richard. No, it doesn't. The castle, the top of the hill, is a state. Some of the land is to the state. There is a section that is still private right in the middle that has a writing, uh, writing yeah, and, and walk the, and area. The airport, that, and the airport's over there, the little landing strip, that section? That's, that's all owned okay. by the Hearst uh, Corporation. It's not the state. They didn't give it all to the state. I thought um, it was the Hearst Conservancy, not the Hearst Corporation. Okay. I didn't. Well, it's the Hearst family that, Some Hearst. that has control over it. Okay, let's put it that way. That's what they told us when we were there. Okay. But regardless, they they sell. They have free range cattle. Okay, and they we bought. I bought some four filet mignon pieces there. They're they're flash frozen to zero degrees, and I told them I had a five hour drive. He said, "Don't worry." Which turned into a six or seven by the time we got through some traffic, but. Um, oh my God, was it good? We just finished the last two fillets tonight. So the guy, the, the guy even gave me a thing of how to cook it. He says this is not like your processed cattle. You know this. There's they're not fed the preservatives. It doesn't have all this crap in it. It cooks quicker. You want to do this? You want to do that? And gave me a little handout to cook it. These things had to be about I don't know three or four inches thick. Uh, they were just, they were very tasty. I got to say, and they were Hearst cattle. From the Hearst cattle, yeah, you can. They will send them worldwide. Worldwide, I guess you can go to their website and order them. Uh, but nothing but, beats a nothing beats a buffalo steak. Oh, that's good. I haven't had a buffalo steak, so I can't speak to that. But I can say that Disney's hamburgers have always sucked. And what here's what I don't get. Now, when I you know I used to work at Knotts, so I understand a little bit of the food service portion of it because that's what I did. You could eat a hamburger and fast food. It's right, and a, and a theme park. Uh, <laughs> You could eat a hamburger at any of the locations, and it would taste the same. Because all the machines were set to cook at the, they were they were all char broiled, the machine like um, Carl's Juniors. The machines were all set to the same speed. The or standards for those were the on same. the East Coast. That would be Hardee's. <clears throat> they were set to the same standards everywhere in the park. So what you got now? Today's food at not stinks. I guess it, the last few times I've been there, severely disappointed. I mean, one of the few things they still do right is the funnel cake and the uh, chicken dinner house. But the food in the park, I thought sucked. Uh, but so I don't get this excuse of well, it's up to each restaurant because there should be, quite frankly, a standard. You shouldn't, you know, have. Well, we're in Hungry Bear. They serve them dry. We're over at, you know, Tomorrowland yeah. Terrace. They're a little juicy over there. Uh, you know, in Frontierland, they're, or I mean, uh, Fantasyland, they're raw. I mean, come on. It's, a hamburger should pretty much taste the same no matter where you go in a Disney park if it's all the same meat. <laughs> all yeah. frozen, all how, the same patties frozen. Exactly, yeah. How freaking hard is it um, to cook a hamburger? So, anyways, um, uh, he thinks you're full of it, Richard. Okay, we got one other one that went to that, you and me, that's, Mike. That's, that's one opinion. That's one opinion, so. Say that again. Yeah, I, I agree with him. This one's to uh, you and me, Mike. It said, hey, guys, love the show. Always makes my BART trip seem shorter. A quick way, uh, FYI, we'd uh, hate to have you do some research. He gave us a link here. I'm not sure um, if we didn't see what's in. I'm not so sure. Sorry. I'm, I'm not, not sure, sure there's much here, but we don't know what to expect. Exact. An exact opening date, October 1. Thank you. 
Yeah, it, it, for some reason, the, t- the type in that email was much smaller than the previous email I just read, and it's like, wow. Uh, he's referring to the museum, yeah, and he gave us a link to uh, the San Francisco Gate, um, which is their online version, I believe, of the Chronicle, uh, with a little story about the uh, museum. It's funny, somebody, somebody um, out there was saying that Walt probably wouldn't be that thrilled or could care less about the museum because he wasn't worried about the past. He was worried about the future. So even if he um, you know, did go along with it or did like it, he'd probably be more interested in how they'd change it to make it better versus looking at his life in the past. I disagree with that because Walt was one that ha- that helped set up the archives and got uh, Dave Smith into the archives because he didn't want to forget the things they've done in the past while they moved on to the future. He didn't. He, he didn't well on the past, but he always had it. Yet, yet he idea. allowed his uh, animators to um, strip the cells, use them as glide paths down the hallways. Oh, wait, no, that, that didn't happen during Walt's time. Yeah, it did. We, no, we yeah, heard those stories. We heard, okay. Yes, I it should, did. I should recall we, that for, um, oh, I guess you're right, because it was for... Thank um, you. Uh, Next. <laughs> no, 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 but what, what, sh- what movie, da, 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 Dalmatians, they're using Dalmatians as an example of... No, none of the zero well, graphics. Part, part of the, the, the well, was there, but part of the example was one. Uh, sometimes they couldn't afford to just save those. They'd actually clean cells off, you know, uh, reuse them if they could. It wasn't considered art like it is now. It was just a the art was the final piece. Please, the yeah. Yeah. you know, the, the individual piece was just uh, you know like a set. Uh, uh, some, just something they used to prop. Yeah, you, you tear down the set and you build something else next time. You took a you took an animation cell, you cleaned it off, and you reused it for your next film. Okay, so um, what were we, <laughs> we going to move on to after that? We got uh, oh, magical uh, and phantasmic. Oh yeah, magical. Okay, so go ahead. We caught it from the front of uh, Richard and I, at least, we caught it from the front of uh, Plaza Pavilion. Plaza Inn. Okay, Plaza, so, Plaza Inn. Sorry. So you made it back over there after your trip to the mansion. Yes, we did. Okay, so I watched Phantasmic. I saw the the witch on a stick version, not the <laughs> no dragon, no dragon. Um, the two eels that replaced the Ursula Float were very anticlimactic. They just kind of oozed on by. I didn't think she was anything special either, but you know. But she, but she moved, right? She, you know, yeah, she, yeah, she, she hauled, she hauled ass back because those those barges move pretty quick, and you know her yeah, arms are waving. Yeah, that's they do. They those those suckers get out there and gone. But very but the quickly. the the two the two eels are just kind of cruising, you know, no spotlights on them. If you if you were not down in front, and you weren't tall, you didn't see them. Okay, what about the project? You know, Richard's been just getting a hard on over the uh, supposedly the new projectors and the brighter lights and all that. Anything look different? I, sound I, different? Okay, I'm sorry, but I the sound was good. There was actually stereo stereo uh, stereo kind of sound stuff happening. Multi track still playing. Sound here. behind us, you know. Yeah, that, that's been going on for a while. But uh, okay, good. The projection I couldn't tell that much of a difference because you know projecting on a water screen, the water screens are bigger. But I think that came with the the round of improvements they made last year. The the water screen's been a little bigger, but eh, I didn't think it was all that much brighter or that much better. When I noticed it, it seemed that um, the projection image filled the uh, water screen more than they had in the past. Th- that's possible. Um, 
but yeah, the, the the you know the big the big new elements. Half of them's gone, and the other half the other half was eh. Who who cares? Yeah, well, you know, Fantastic and Fantastic is a fun show, but it's one I'll see every few years at the most. It's just you know, one to get in that crowd over there is is tough. Yeah, it's a great show, oh but gosh. it's 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 not something I got to do every day. When I hear these. Uh, you know, podcasts and the people talk about, you know, every time I go to Disney, I got to see Fantasmic or I got to see the fireworks every night if I can. It's like, you know, I want to say, get a freaking uh, like, But you that's know, a special to them. To you know, that's, a, you know, what do you have to uh, do? You have to ride every ride when you go. True, true. Okay, I mean, yeah, so. if that's their thing, that's, that's fine. But um, I, it just I, seems like there's more. You can see the fireworks a long ways away. Uh, it just seems like there's more you can do. Um now, granted, you know we can go every day, so maybe it's a little less um, different for us. Yeah. Important because we can actually see it down the street. I can see it from my house if I get on the, on roof. the roof. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> my, my uh, parents well, also can see it. Yeah, um, but we, we had them just a little bit ago. I was kind of seeing a couple of the edges here from my backyard. So the uh, but we rolled into the river area. What time the show was at nine, and we rolled in there at like six thirty. And all you could get is that spot you were at? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I always... Did, did, did Sherry even see? Yeah, she could see. Because okay. we just kind of, you know, we're on the steps there. So you kind of... We just couldn't figure out where in that little island, that raised place, was the best place to go without someone standing in front of you. Yeah. Um, and actually, the best place would have been across the path up against the planter. Because the, the planter would separate you from the people down the slope. Yeah. But they would let you camp out there. They would put a rope behind you. And no one could step in front of you. Oh, okay. So we learned a lesson that night. Oh, oh, I see what you're and, saying. Yeah, so there's like a single line of people against that planner. Yes. So you can camp out there. They'll let you camp out there, you know, because they'll, they'll string the rope up in time for guest control when the show the gets whole, started. The whole idea of having to camp out, I guess it's no different standing in a line, but uh, it just oh, seems, I always tell it seems people, different to me. I always tell people, if you're going to be there late enough, go see the 1030 show. Because you st- we still, to this day, have people show up at three thirty, four o'clock to camp out for the oh, 9 o'clock show. Yeah, well. And they're, they all move out after the fireworks. And so you can get in and get usually get a pretty decent spot and not have to wait more than an hour. Then when I worked there, I saw people at noon already putting blankets Gee. out. And they'd bring their lunch there. Well, and some, but that was back in the day when food wasn't allowed in the park. Well, no, they—they—they. They, they, it wasn't food they brought in. They somebody go to a restaurant, okay. bring it yeah, all. They, you know, yeah, I remember. They still discourage when, food in the park. You're supposed to keep it outside. They just don't check as well. Yeah, I remember. You know, I—I'd be leaving the, uh, when I was working on Tom Sawyer's Island. I'd be leaving the island about three thirty in the afternoon, and you're stepping around people in all their blankets trying to get through New Orleans to go home. Okay, so what about tragic? I mean, okay. magic. All right, now here's the thing: is that you know, uh, Fantasmic was over. Fantasmic over. Lights come on. They announce. For those of you who are, who just finished watching Fantasmic, feel free to stay where you're at because in just five minutes the new fireworks show Magical will start, and you can see it just fine from here. And we'll dim the lights again. And sure enough, I mean, five minutes, not even. Boom! Lights go out. I sat right where I was and watched Magical, and proceeded to be underwhelmed. Well, do you think that was a good spot to watch it? Um, absent seeing Tinkerbell fly, if she was even she, flying that night. She did not fly, oh, oh, and the supposed oh, oh, Dumbo that Dumbo. exists. And I, was, okay. and I was talking to someone that went in Wednesday night, and they said that both of them were out Wednesday, so I don't know what happened. But you night. saw where I was sitting? The, the fireworks launched right over Tom Sawyer's Island. 
So I, you know, it wasn't like I was looking to the side to watch them launch over the castle or that direction. They were launching from right in front of us. Yeah, so, I don't think there's any reason you necessarily have to be in the hub like the last show. There are some that do the, you know, the cross thing. They they, they shoot, off, yeah, yeah. you know, opposing shots over the castle, which always looks better if you're in the middle. But I don't really think that's necessary. Um, you can see them. What I couldn't eight. tell is there were some lights that would hit uh, the Matterhorn occasionally, but I couldn't tell if there were any, really any shapes or it was just yeah, taking they're, up they're, some light. There were, no, there were some projected images on the Matterhorn, and there was projected images on the castle and the lighting. They're still using the uh, fancy LED and uh, LED, the fiber, and the, the, sparkle, uh, lighting stroke, on the, the sparkle lighting on the castle. Oh. But they, they, I gotta say, they did really have some really nice uh, lighting effects. They've put some uh, high uh, high energy uh, lights on the top of the castle, you know, on the wings out there, so that they can, in addition to the fireworks, they can put colored lights in back of the castle and cause this real nice backlighting of the castle and this nice little glow. Uh, it kind of reminded me somewhat of remember when they had back in the 25th anniversary, they had those big lights that shine the light from the back of the park to the front of the park and they had this kind of glow to it and they did something similar a couple of years later it kind of reminded me of that effect okay yeah, I, I you know the fire you know I like fireworks I just don't like to necessarily have to stand in a great location to be able to see them I enjoy it when they just you know throw them up in the air and they all explode real big and they you can feel it in your chest to me that's that's a good fireworks show. yeah well you didn't have to you didn't have to uh <laughs> no, it's 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 not as necessary, but I think the the idea is still to be uh, in front of the castle. But no no Tinkerbell, no Dumbo. Um, now, if you didn't know any better, then it wouldn't matter. Now there were some guys stand. I was trying to videotape, and I, through the whole time, I could hear these two guys kind of back on my right a little bit, chit chat and, and talking fairly loud. And when Dumbo didn't come out, they're like, oh, must be the wind. I'm thinking, and I and I even asked Richard, if it's windy enough that they don't fly, the, the, the fireworks, fireworks aren't, aren't going. Fireworks yeah. aren't so to go. yeah, it's got to be a mechanical issue uh, with with it. I, I can't and, and think of any it, other reason why it wouldn't go out there. And it is a very complex machine that operates Tinkerbell. Okay, okay that's fine. But I've never seen the previous show not have Tinkerbell. So why all of a sudden in the new show don't think Bell an issue? I don't know, but this was the first week of the new show too, so I don't that it's, well, and it's I know, been down but for a couple weeks. It could it could be very well that they were doing some rehab on it while they were uh, in hiatus for those couple weeks, and they just didn't have you know all their uh, ducks lined up properly. And it seems know. highly unlikely, but I don't know. But whatever, for whatever, I'm uh, I've heard that Dumbo's been out. But I have not seen it yet. And quite frankly, unless he does something spectacular, I'm not sure how that fits in the show. <clears throat> and it, <coughs> even Tinkerbell now, I, I'm still thinking Fantasy in the Sky. You know, Tinkerbell comes and lights up the fireworks and she goes away. I can't see how you would need her or Dumbo going back and forth uh, on that particular system they have in this show. I see. I don't see how it would add anything to it. And why Dumbo? I understand he was the flying elephant, but oh, because uh, oh, it's because, you know why? I, who knows why? But I think the choice of music might have something to do with it. Well, yeah, it fits in that part of the music, but I'm sure you could probably find you know if you played some Rescuers music, you could have the big albatross. I mean, yeah, 
mean, well, they, where, played, where... they played an awful lot of uh, Mary Poppins in that show. You could have Mary Poppins, yeah, that would be yeah. a great part. But, you know, at a point, it becomes redundant to just keep sending the next character flying out of the side of the Matterhorn just because you have their music. I actually, I think, would just like to go back to a more simpler time <laughs> where, you know, like Fantasy in the Sky, Tinkerbell come out, she lit them. And you get to watch this big, huge show. The music is played throughout the park, and it doesn't matter where the hell you're you standing. Are, you get to see it. Yeah. You can see the show. And they can do all their special oh. little fun fireworks in a show like that. But when they try to attract people to get to the front of the park, because things are happening in the Matterhorn, things are happening on the castle, it creates a nightmare of guest control. And I'm tired okay. of it. <laughs> but my, my, okay, you like the fans when I was watching that, what I was told to kind of expect was more of the fantasy in the sky type show. This was a lot less of a show than what we've had over the last few years. We don't have any of the fireworks that are on any of the other buildings. There's a very minimal amount of uh, fireworks that come off the castle. Uh, mostly, like I said, that's just lighting effects that are on the castle nowadays. Uh, at, I would say over 90% of the fireworks are all in the backstage area and back of the park. So would you say that we needed to be at Plaza Inn to see the show, or as Mike says, he seemed to have a was, really good time. Where it was he was a fine view where I was at. My my problem wasn't with the pyro part. My problem was with the music and all yeah, the, I, the the tune, the new tune, well, magical well, snoozer. Yeah, that was well, very yeah. under. The music was very underwhelming. But Richard, if 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 people have been hurt, you know, have been hearing that. Oh, you got to see the lights in the castle. You got to see the Dumbo. You got to see that. There's only a few places you're going to see that in the park, and that's okay. what draws people back to the front of the park to see the show because they've been Dumbo. told. You could see Dumbo from over there where Mike was. I'm no, sure. no, uh, no, no, uh, no. You uh, couldn't. Uh, 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 There's not, no way. Not where I was. No. Too many trees. In Too fact, trees. you cannot see. Um, you cannot see Tinkerbell for, from certain areas in Carnation Plaza because I tried that once in the the other the last show when it first came out. And I couldn't even see her. The angle was just wrong. Yeah. So um, there was a lot of places you cannot see her. Um, And it didn't matter. Down into the uh, uh, mattress and went flying down into the uh, uh, mattress and the fireworks went and you forgot about her. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead, Richard. I was going to say, the one comment you're saying about the musical, the music that was used in it, yeah, that's the comment that everybody I've heard has been commenting on, is the music just isn't the punch, it just doesn't have the punch and the fire that the last few years have had with something out there. This was a lot of the older music that was being used, uh, the quote-unquote more traditional Disney music, and it was kind of a snoozer. No, it was not a traditional Disney Okay, sure it was traditional. You had the, the baby elephant song, the baby bobby de boo the, the chimney sweep stuff. Yeah, those are, I guess, classic Disney tunes. I just, it seems to me that, you know, some meeting the guy said, okay, look, you're changing the damn fireworks show so I don't have to close half of Fantasyland. You know, remember great. Try to come up with something else. So they thought, okay, we're using all this ride audio. That's getting people excited. So we'll stick with that idea of finding existing Disney something that goes with our vision. And, I mean, if they had just gone back to public domain, freaking classical music or patriotic marches, they'd been much better off than 30 yeah, seconds of original, original music. Or, the sky was uh, Disney stuff. Yeah, but it was instrumental. 
Well, the, the, right? that's, well yeah, that's yeah, yeah. But not, it wasn't voices singing. You know, you didn't get no, the, no, no. the vocals. No, I, yes. Which uh, is totally. Mike. Yeah. Well, Mike, I quite frankly, you... I think the songs they picked were so slow <laughs> oh, they could put gosh. people to sleep. They weren't upbeat. But, yeah. But, Mike, I think, you hit the, I think you hit the nail on the head. Is those it did sound like it was original soundtracks maybe digitized but it was the originals it didn't have the reorchestrated punch to really yeah, bring I, up the show it, it was the original music well they're snoozers they're, they're, they're exactly. slow and know, let, they're, me, let me quote well, mr you, white you, let me quote mr white you know from that thing you do i want something peppy something snappy you, yeah, yeah. You know? exactly well, because <laughs> they're, had, they're doing the thing for dumbo and that's a slow oh, snoring oh, tear, song tear jerking song but, she's but in the, the jail is, she's touching her baby with her trunk you, you oh can, god you, do it with a lot of well, with a lot more orchestration. It the, wouldn't help. It's still slow. I, yeah. Well, yeah, it is slow. But if it's but it could what's be it done in, in two four but times. Think, no, what what what's the um but, but elephant fly? Come on, I've seen an elephant fly. That whole yeah. that whole thing would have fit better there than the, I love my uh, baby freaking like, whatever that the, song uh, was. Mary Poppins steps in time and some of those songs. You got really jazzy poppy songs but you, since you're using more the original soundtrack sound in there rather than reorchestrating the sound it just doesn't yeah. give it any punch bibbidi bobbidi boo was the was the, was just, the most just, upbeat tune they had they just picked slow slow songs well, like, songs that didn't have much of a beat well, you could there's plenty of the original music that they could have left and with just a remastered without reorchestrating it that would have been fine they did something but from they didn't pinocchio too right they did, there's a pinocchio piece in there where the blue fairy wakes the boy up, right? Or was, and, that, or, and the, or was I blending? Just, was that from Phantasmic? I'm and they were just too long, <laughs> you know. In Fantasy in the Sky, they were they were shorter snippets. Um, it was almost uh, like Fantasy in the Sky. I want to kind of compare it to the old Wonderful World of Disney intro. You know, it was upbeat, had uh, quick cuts of a lot of the different music, and you're done. Us, but it was what, also reorchestrated as a melody. Sure, it, and what was, they, it wasn't putting snippets of different songs, and it was reorchestrated as a melody. So it all flowed. Songs. Now, what? How many yeah, songs? But did it they was really still get? With snippets. It didn't do long. When I say snippets, I'm they're taking a piece of here, a right, piece so of yeah. here. How right, many different right, tunes? Right, you know, like twelve, fifteen different tunes, and right, and yeah, the and new it, show is and this three or four. You know, let's play or, three minutes of this yeah. song, oh. and then it, it but, faded into three minutes of that song. Then it three. It's like, oh my god, wake me up. But Mike, but what Mike was saying, and I and this is what I agree with him on. Is it sounded like they were actually taking the original soundtracks and just redigitizing okay, them? Okay, we, we, we got that. And yeah, we got that. You've part. said but that I'm like five times now. But you it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have helped if they if they reorchestrated it. I don't think They're so. Return songs. It'd be, the way you, you, it'd be like trying to do Disco Duck out of uh, you know some Snow White flowery slow song. You can't your, do it. Your, your point was using your, your point is using like the Wonderful World Disney, but that that that's exactly what they did, and that's exactly what they did with uh, uh, the original uh, Fantasy in the Sky. But the song choice was, was different, was Richard. The song yeah, choice is different. But they were upbeat songs, Richard. They weren't too slow. There might have been. In fact, I think the Wonderful World of Disney kind of had an underlying melody of a slower song, but the stuff on the top was going. It was always upbeat, and this this stuff was just snoozers. There's, even, there's no way. But even it. the original, even the original music that they bookended it with, magical. Yeah. Right? There was, I was like, "Are you kidding? This I is know, all you've I, got." <laughs> we're, we're in, uh, okay, and then so so now from the pyrotechnic side, right? The fireworks are okay, right? The they had some new stuff that I thought was interesting. The the stuff that exploded and then they accelerated. 
That, yeah, that those, those are pretty cool. Kind of, uh, you know, a quick thrill out of that one. And then, and you know, standard standard uh, kind of closing with you know white fireworks that I think could have gone on like fifteen twenty more seconds. But you know, overall, I turned I, I turned my wife and said oh, that was just the pits. <laughs> Well, yeah. I was, I, was told, I was very underwhelmed by yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. What, what I was told by by uh, some reliable folks over there in entertainment, this shows about a third less than what they've been spending the last couple of years. Because oh yeah, uh, let's manage our uh, park by a spreadsheet should, and see how much better it is. Three quarters less. I mean, God, I mean, what a snoozer! It doesn't, you know, throw a few fireworks in the air and play some slow music. I mean, I mean, I, mean, uh, I could understand the operational need to not shut down Fantasyland. For an hour and a half or two hours for stupid fireworks. Okay, I get yeah, that. Yeah, but you know, even in Fantasy in the Sky, there was all shut down depending on the way the wind was but didn't, blowing. But uh, doesn't Toontown shut was down? A lot of, there, was a, there was a lot of other areas that got shut down, too, besides those areas. There was a lot of... All, uh, all of the backstage area around the in-between and Star Tours was shut down. All of the backstage area in back of Golden Horseshoe was shut down. All of these backstage area in back of Coke Corner and Plaza Inn and the Jungle that Cruise. That doesn't make any. That's all the backstage area. That you, you, yeah, but, you, it's 100%. but the thing is, no. But what, you, what you're doing is you're also putting all these standbys, and you have all these security that are standing by out there, and you have fire officers that are all standing out in all of those areas, all the backstage area in back of uh, Pinocchio, Snow White, and uh, Rancho del Zoclo is all closed off. You have a heck of a lot of manpower when you're clo- when you were doing those past shows. Yeah, but even Fantasy in the Sky, all the backstage areas were closed except for the the onstage back areas. But the backstage backstage areas, you shut them all down too. Right. You you shut down everything from Ballgate to the the, uh, Pony Farm to to the the Roundhouse. Exactly. And that's, that's all they're doing now. But with the but the, over the last five years, they've had to shut down the castle drawbridge and the immediate rear uh, aft, aft court of. Uh, Wait, uh, the, the drawbridge has got to be closed now on this one, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure that same area has to be closed down because they do have fireworks coming off of it. But you didn't. But you, uh, and Matt, because we've also been told Matterhorn Way has a warning area to it at times as well, depending on what the fire department says. But we've also had to close all the backstage area in back of Village House and Rancho del Zoclo, and in back of uh, Carnation Plaza. All that had to shut down and close off. We had to close off everything over at the In Between and Star Tours back there. That hell had to close off. How did, how did the cast members get around? I'm not hearing a single backstage area that's open. That that is that was the problem. You really shut things down when you when you did those old shows. It, it really was a trick. If 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 you had the unfortunate part that you happened to be working in Village House and you were off when the fireworks went off, that meant you left and you went all the way down Thunder Trail and had to come through Frontierland and then you went back in through where the uh, first aid gate was. Because the rest of it was all closed off for one firework. Cl- I mean, because I mean, because uh, you talk about the in between, the in between. For those twenty minutes, for those twenty minutes. But okay, but the in between, for example, depending on what it is, twenty to thirty minutes until from the point the fire department says shut them down to the point the fire department. Okay, says, I understand what you're saying, Richard, but the in between shutting down that backstage area is for one firework launch, one for the stretching room. That's it. Doesn't matter. And they shut the whole thing down. Doesn't matter. The moment the fire department says shut down, it, they shut down all those areas for the entire show. See, that's why they, they don't. That's why they, they get rid of it because it's a pain in the ass. And they don't reopen it until 
until the uh, fire safety officer says you can reopen. What are you doing, Greg? I'm just listening to the fantasy in the sky while you guys are babbling. But anyway, a dream is a wish your heart makes. Yeah, and that was this show was only like three and a half minutes, so it's almost four minutes. But um, yeah, that's another thing too. How long was this one? Because I I felt like it went on forever. Yeah, at least ten minutes. It's got to be at least ten minutes. That's just too because long. I mean think I mean think about the songs. You had the magical opening. Did the, they did have Pinocchio uh, bit in there? Did they not? Or am I, know, or am I, I thinking of that? You don't remember? I was on that. Okay, well, well, I know for sure I, they I had. I know I for sure they had Mary Poppins. I know for sure yeah, they had I a Dumbo that. thing, I and I know for sure that. they did Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. Yeah. And then I, I kind of zoned out a little bit too. I was trying to <laughs> wanted to see Tinkerbell. I wanted to see Dumbo. That's what I was really concentrating on, and see if there was anything special like what they did. I, I knew they didn't have any of the fireworks on the buildings anymore. So this. Trying okay. to see. What so they now, had. so now, remember is not officially uh, history, right? They're going to still bring it up in the holiday times and stuff like that. Not that I know of. Have you read that somewhere? Yeah, Mike? I seem to recall some some board discussion somewhere that remember. Well, you know, really you know what? Away. This might turn out to be the um, the light magic <laughs> uh, of the fireworks shows. shows. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Oh man. But it, and I can I can understand you know remember being expensive but you know there's there's they could easily pare that show down a little bit they already and did edit and edit it they cut some stuff out over the time the whole See, I, the whole Frontierland sh- shooting gallery thing that one that was cut out the last time I saw it really because I didn't go see it all the time, so I might hear it from other areas. But you know, a lot of the like uh, the fire that totally surrounds the, the the hub, they could you know they could have eliminated some of that, cut a sequence out here and there, pare the thing down, get it you know get it to five minutes or less. I mean, you don't need it to go on for fifteen twenty minutes. It's it's you're kidding, uh, right? The, are the, are the, you are you communist or what? Who doesn't like the long fireworks shows? I don't. Besides, <laughs> yeah. Besides, Pain in the ass to navigate around there. That's that's he, what I don't like. Besides, Greg can't count because the longest show was during the fiftieth, and that was thirteen and a half minutes long. So, so you really just for Disneyland, you don't like long fireworks shows. Otherwise, as long as you can get around, that's okay. And you know, if okay, the Fantasy in the Sky. You know, a lot of people would come to the hub and anyways and watch it, but you can walk around. There was none of this guest control. If you want to go to Frontierland. Go to frickin' Tomorrowland first, and then we'll let you go back over to Frontierland. There's none of that. You just people gather in well, the they're hub, just, they're, push they're just, up. They've just kind of gotten used to the one-way traffic. You have one-way traffic going westbound from going across yeah, the middle from of the, the hub. You know, I'm, I'm looking at it from the guest experience, not from Disney's side of it. I'm I'm playing the part of I'm just a guest. You're, being, you're playing the part of being the pain in the ass that I have to deal with and end up kicking out of the park half the time. No, it's 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 just thinking, you know, if <laughs> I was the employee or the, or the person running this thing and I'm trying to make a good guest experience, Disney is not making a good guest experience. Okay, how would you do it differently? I haven't really thought about it, but I know I wouldn't well, do it. Then, if, you don't, if you don't have an answer, then shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I've already said I wouldn't do a show like that that requires you to be right in the front um, uh, to see it. I mean, I, I watched it once from Fantasyland. It was I thought it was a little anticlimactic to sit at the uh, Village House and watch it. You know, it just, I, I I agree with you. 
the tra- the way they have guest control and traffic control is a pain in the derriere. But I, you know, to me, I see what they're doing. I understand what they're doing, and I think it tends to work the best. I think I, they could put two way traffic on each side and keep it going. It's just it takes people that got some balls and yell and keep people moving. It's yeah. It's, so you're gonna have so instead of trying to keep one way traffic, you're going to have people that are out there yelling at people to get the frick out of the way and. It wouldn't take quite yelling, but, you know, it's it's so unorganized that people have no ideas. You know, they're just you know, running up Main Street knowing they want to go to Frontierland, and then right about when they get to where they can make the left, they send you right. And then you're all grumpy, and then you're, you know, you're pushing and shoving. Excuse me. You can't get on a Skyway anymore to jump the parade route. Oh, yeah. I mean, that know, was uh, nice and convenient. So it's just they've made a nightmare to get around. And then so you finally get to Frontierland, and then you're like, oh, frick, Fantasmic's here. And you're trying to get around that. And, of course, nobody listens. They stop in the middle of the road. Um, you know, Disney well, you're, has created you're, you're a great 15. show, but they've also created a nightmare of guest experience that turns a lot of people off. And all I got to say is you're 15 years removed from being in the operation. So anyway. What are you saying there, Richard? So. Yeah, what does that matter? <laughs> Matters a I've lot. Had, I've had 15 years of observation going, they're still not doing it any better. Just like, I happened to walk in well, uh, I've, I've, last week, know, last Tuesday when we were going to record, but got all screwed up. I walked in waiting for Ryan from Travelers, and the new parade that goes down Main Street came in. And I'm like, oh, I better get out of the way. I'm standing in front of uh, the Opera House. I didn't need to get out of the way because it doesn't go around Town doesn't Square. Go around Town Square. It goes Turn, right straight it, out. It turned right into Main Street. And I thought, okay, it's all in. Wait, 10 minutes later, here comes a little more of the parade out. Okay, they start letting people. Okay, they're done. 10 minutes later, and it might not, it might have been five minutes. I was waiting for somebody, so it felt like. Yeah, because we were already established. And, and it came out in like three sections, really drawn out. And it's the same kind of dumb parades that is, again, <laughs> terrible for guest control. They stop. You know, a parade just needs to go and get finished. They stop. They do their little show. You can't cross the street. Moves up 20 feet, stops, does the show. You can't get across the street. Oh. You know, parades used to just start. And occasionally they'd slow down because of whatever. But they didn't stop. They just went from one end to another. You know, you could walk behind it when it came to the end if you were one of those kind of parade people. But you had an anticipation that it would be out of your way eventually, and this thing stops and starts. And and you know what it reminds me of? The old winter character parades. It's not a a very good parade, and I'm not a parade person anyway, so I don't really care a lot, but um, it's not a very good parade. It's the... um the whole thing is with the show stops. Show stops have become very effective on different uh, parades. The Lion King is an ex- excellent example. You're such a, you're such a shill. <laughs> now the Lion oh, King, I will up. admit, was I li- the Lion <laughs> King like, was you a like that parade. The Lion King was probably one of the better parades they've done, and now they shoved it into an air-conditioned building and made a stupid um, out of it in Florida. But hey, it hey was, getting out of that Lion- getting out of that damn show is a quite the pain in the ass. Oh, isn't it? Because there's Prince. nothing else in there. Yeah. <laughs> Lion King Parade was a pretty good show. I enjoyed the 50th anniversary parade, even though it was kind of like, well, that was a lot of nothing when they did their show stop. But there there was some stuff that was kind of interesting. Um, 
Well, you know, a lot of them don't do anything different in their show stop than what they're doing when they're walking. So to do the show stop is just redundant. On on the uh, 50th anniversary parade? I'm just saying, in parades in general, for the most part, they don't do a lot different. They're, you know, the, the electrical parade works well because it keeps going, and you get to see something else, and you're anticipating the next well, thing to come by and the next thing to come by. And, you know, because some of those show stops get long and drawn out. The, the 50th one, I stood to take pictures one day of it, and I'm like, oh, God, can they move on to the next <laughs> thing? It's like I've seen these girls in their little leotards as, you know, I forgot what section. of the, It's like a Lion King section. I think it's like, come on, move on. I've already seen your type. You know, you know I, I, there was a, there was a couple floats on the 50th anniversary parade I thought were very effective. I liked them a lot, and I, I liked the Lion King float. But in any case, they've they've gotten really big on on the showstop idea. The current parade that they have, the cel- shut up. The current parade they have, the celebration parade. Their whole thing was when they presented it. It was supposed to be like the party gras parade, which again had showstops and it had a lot of uh, guest participation in it, but. I don't think it came off near anything what they were kind of presenting. This parade stinks. It's It's like the fireworks. It stinks. The the same people that came up with it. It stinks. It's 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 very light, lightweight. Um, And is that where's that song come from? Does it come from one of those uh, um, high school musicals or something? I didn't think it was original Disney music. I heard it. I'm like, where the? I've recognized the tune, but I'm not sure where it came from. And maybe came from. like I said, the, the high school musical, and if, okay, fine, that's Disney. But uh, it didn't sound like something you'd normally hear in a Disney park, which is related to something a little more mainstream as far as either the Disney music uh, to a movie oh. people have actually gone and seen or – Define mainstream. I mean high school, mu- high school musicals mainstream now. Yeah, well, I don't think even though it's it was fairly popular, it's, 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 it's widely – It's 1970. It's, it's, it's 2010 okay. almost. Okay, it's not as <laughs> widely watched as some other Disney properties. You know, like if they were to play the Incredible Music, I bet you that that's got a wider reach than High School Musical. Because oh, so you got the, the Pixar the, Play Parade, which also has show stops to it too. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they, <laughs> they don't need them. Just move the damn show along. But see, and, you, you know, know it, okay, but what do show stops do? They they give. Some chance for guest interaction, maybe you know. Yeah, um, whole, sometimes, sometimes they throw things out. Yeah, but in. okay, but uh, 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 party gras didn't stop. I, I don't yeah, remember party gras. I don't remember party gras stopping, and they tossed freaking beads at people. They tossed beads, but I don't remember them stopping. I don't remember no, them stopping let's, either. Let's but I electric, there was two, there was it, two the electrical parades got a lot of interaction with the the crowd. Yeah, the little the little. Yeah, there, there was there was two stops on Party Gras. There was the there was a stop on Main Street and there was a stop at Small World Mall. I mean, I'm using a, electric, the electrical parade again, and we can use the uh, the old Christmas parade. I'm not, it, it's pretty much still stayed the same. Um, they don't stop and they do fine. I mean, there's interaction. I mean, yeah, you got the, in the electrical parade, you got the little uh, bumblebees or whatever that do the little twirl. Yeah, okay. you, you know, you've got the uh, the uh, it's not. The, the king, the lion playing a king from uh, Bedknobs and Broomsticks. There's plenty of interaction there. Uh, you know, the dragon, the kid, he yells down to you. That's all the interaction I think we need. All I can say is now, now, Mr. Scott, fresh minds, fresh ideas. So you told yeah, you're, you're such a shill. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, In your n- dreams, n- buddy. N- In n- your dreams. Now we're done. We got Richard to swear. <laughs> it still doesn't sound natural. 
It's he's, he's riled up, but it's not natural. Um, so, yeah, I, I was underwhelmed by Magical or whatever it's called. Yeah. Have you seen – there was a – someone had pointed me out to a video on Ryan Seacrest's website. Uh, some people were talking about it on Twitter today. It's this guy um, on Main Street, Disneyland, proposing to a girlfriend. Yeah. It's fake. If that is not the most staged and fake thing, I mean, the lighting's perfect at night on Main Street, which never happens. They're mic'd. I heard they're, they're mic'd. People out of nowhere start dancing and singing. I'm like, oh my god! And their people are actually commenting, "Wow, how romantic and how cool they could do that." I'm like, that is so fucking fake. It's like, you know, I mean, it's so staged. Every performer has perfect Disney haircuts. Um, I mean, just, who, you know, who can who can videotape a? Um a proposal from you know the roof of Main Street. May, I, mean, I know the the yeah. proposal was real. It was set up, in, obviously set up in advance so that they could be able to film it this way and they have this type of production. I don't it. believe the it. Was, no, it was. I talked to the people that were involved with it's, it. It's set up for an ad campaign. I don't believe. It. All right, so the summer ad so campaign. the so the true so all the people that sprung in to dance around them, those are company people. The only, those are all company people. Yes. So they got asked, hey. So who okay, found so out? Pro- who found who the found proposal, out there's gonna be a proposal? The proposal may be real, but it's a Disney stage thing for their ad. So so what if the proposal? It's, 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 it, it, yeah, it was a Disney. It, I don't. It was actually it wasn't. We were even there the, even the guy doing the proposal is singing and is mic. So yeah, the whole be, thing right. is just rigged from he the knows beginning. Somebody or something. If if that's a true proposal, it, then it's because it's somebody that knows somebody somewhere. It it, it went through. Uh, broadcast services and production services there to where they had it out but it wasn't our production people it was uh, outside people that came in to do the production on it and the performers, I'm not sure if they were particularly our performers or they, I, I'm kind of think they were outside performers as well but it was, it was I don't know who did what and who no, who greased whose palm? But yeah, it it was a real. My understanding, I, what I, I found told, some research on it that said it's going to be used for their summer ad campaign. So I don't think it's it's as real as it uh, people are trying to make it out to be. It's it's staged. It's all you know. Well, no shit, Sherlock. Yes, it was staged, but it it's not like it's one of the. It, it, my, I'm telling you, my understanding from what I was told, it was a real proposal was. Brought in from the outside, somebody wanted to do it, so Disney said okay. I, you know, I, and, and I Disney, highly suspect, Disney, you know, Disney that I'm going to call Disney up and say, I want to sing and dance on Main Street and yeah, uh, I'm gonna my bring, wife on my 25th I'm, anniversary. I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring four camera setups, right? You know, long, medium shot, overhead. I want everybody mic'd, so can you clear your own frequency so I can have everybody laved up? Yeah, bullshit. Hey. Telling you what came across my desk, and, so. and what uh, your you don't have a, What do they say? Frontline cast members don't know shit. Yeah. One of these days, Greg, I'll yeah. have you eat those words. Okay, uh, it's been how long have you been working there now? <laughs> Too long. Yeah. yeah. So so far, the track record is not looking that good. I mean, come on. Occasionally, frontline we we when we were frontline cast members, we are told some things, but it's really no more than the average guy already knows. That's what cracks me up when the um, when this the Podfest, the first Podfest, um, 
See, were you there? You didn't go the first time, right, Mike? Or you no, didn't I, I showed up the the, the evening the after, after it happened. Yeah. Well, I forget which guy. It was, I don't know if it was a Match Hotsberg or Jeff. So one of these guys that you know. Uh, oh, speaking of which, that reminds me. I forgot we had the. Uh, uh, I guess we have a uh, barbershop quartet was in town today. We had a big thing going on in the park. I meant to call you on that. Anyway, oh, thank something you. Else. Back to my story. This um, one podcaster was. Um, Introducing this one guy who was his source at Disney, Disney World, and he was so uh, unhappy when the guy left Disney. And we found out he was a popcorn vendor. What the fuck does an average popcorn vendor know? Nothing. He knows what pretty much every other frontline cast member knows is what Disney tells him. Now, you know, if he's got a good ear and he, he chats people up, he might be able to find out something. But in general, people like that. You know, 99.9% of the time, no jack. They know what Disney tells them. They read message boards. They read, uh, you know, websites. That They get their information there like everybody else does. Uh, so, you know, if I, I thought if the guy was a mid-level supervisor, maybe somebody that has some different briefings, possibly. The guy was a popcorn vendor. I was like, come on. You oh, must be source. kidding me. But, you know, anyways. To each his own, you know. Um, uh, we know that cast members are mischievous types that sometimes start their own rumors just to see how far they get on the web. And Oh, who's uh, ever done that? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, that mm. Sometimes those are the... Are the you talking yet. about anybody in particular? No, I am not. Oh, just, okay. I, I know it goes on. I'm not pointing any fingers. Uh, it's just funny. <laughs> so. All right, so uh, what else we want to yap about or... Well, we we still have some behind the scenes stuff we're working on that has you know gone nowhere since the last time we mentioned it. Um, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we might record in the park next week, maybe or the week after. Actually, the week after. Oh my God! You, oh come you, on, you, no. you, you Sheila's. Don't look at me. I didn't say anything about this. I just you know I just said I couldn't do it tonight. I didn't say anything about next week or the following. Uh, and I hope you saw the response I sent you. Yeah, back. I got it. Yeah, and you're full of shit. <laughs> Takes too. one and no one. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Rosebud. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 in RKL 281, they tell you what Rosebud meant. I won't repeat it on the podcast. Okay. Once we turn the mics off, I will tell okay. you what awesome. from the movie that actually means. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Intriguing. Well, shoot, yeah, oh, you, it is intriguing. Okay, well, here, let me check the time. We are, come on, we can we can wrap it now. We're hitting a two-hour yeah, limit. Yeah, well, no, 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 we we have totally some mouse, I thought we had one or two mouse busters we need to go through tonight. Uh, oh, yeah, let's, let's do the one about the, the, the hotels across the street real quick, uh, because that's easy. It's quick. Uh, I did not I get think, that mail, I don't think. I think we know the answers to those. I think Richard and I will agree on the answer to that, unless yeah. he knows something different has changed. No, it, it, it's, it hasn't changed at all. That it's 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 the thing that we know about the the swapping and all that, right? Uh, well, actually, um, well, yeah, there is it, something me, more. But so let's let's read it, and then we can. Go, I'll let you go first, and then okay, I'll just want, chime in. Do you want to um, read? Shall I read? Yeah, it? I'm, I'm going to read it. I'm not, and then you can answer. I'm not sure if this has been dis- discussed before, but Mousebusters, Disney owns the hotel strip on Catella and is leasing the area to the hotel owners. Show idea if that area is actually owned by Disney why does Disney not take down the hotels and make a Disney owned hotel to make more money 
what would a hotel that let's see, uh, what would be a hotel that could fit in the area, and how would Disney connect it to the resort? I'm guessing the monorail, since it runs near that area. It might be see. It might be a short idea already covered, but it just popped into my head. Love the show, Joey. I'm not in the forum forums. I got okay. that mail. What's what's now, the date of that mail? That mail is June 16th. Now, before you go too far, Richard, I know you're going to answer. Start with the classic of what we know about the old um, um, moving company building and what is now Team Disney. Global? Team Disney, the old yeah. global building. Yeah. So go global, go from there forward. Okay. Uh, global Van Lines used to have their uh, their international headquarters right in back of Disneyland along uh, the Interstate 5 freeway. A lot of people will remember the little globe with the water fountain on it and everything. Uh, Disney had been trying to get a hold of that for years because, well, Disney wanted to expand back that way and that was it, Global just wouldn't let go. Global ended up moving their uh, headquarters over to the city of Orange and that property just sat in mothballs for years and in the meantime disney also owned property across harbor boulevard uh which is now currently uh mcdonald's and what is that the fairfield inn right across the street there yeah and that little restaurant i forgot what that restaurant is right there and too. Not, part, a, not the mimi's mimi's yeah, yeah. Mimi, okay. mimi's there used to be acapulco's but now mimi's and uh what Disney had the company had initially was thinking of doing was they would have parking across the street and have like a walkway go across, but because Harbor Boulevard was deemed a uh, national def- defense highway, you couldn't build bridges. Okay, you know what, Richard? I'm, that one I will stop you right there because uh, I want to say bullshit to that. I know we were told that over and over and over, but there are overpasses over that highway. There's two. Yes. Uh, at Which least the 22, 22 freeway, the 22 freeway, and Harbor. Oh, I mean, 22 and uh, the 405. The 405. And if you take a look at the construction on those bridges, it's a little bit different than the other bridges that go over, say, uh, Magnolia or Brooklyn. <laughs> Bullshit. I They're not very so. high at all. Nope. Nope. Anyways, not at all. Regardless, whatever the reason was, uh, what the story goes. Just let me tell the damn story. You said tell the damn story. Let me tell the damn story. Well, I did, but we when you go so far off the reservation, you know, <laughs> I got to drop another f bomb on you again. Um, so they couldn't they couldn't build this they couldn't build the skywalk going over the things. They, the the soil there is too sandy that they didn't really at that time they didn't want to build any underpass <laughs> over it. And I'm gonna finish, Greg. Come on. <laughs> now you're pissing me off. Uh, Go ahead, Richard. The rest of us are listening. All, um, all five or six. Yeah. <laughs> when it gets into the construction things, I just I get a little heated. Okay, so, anyways, so we couldn't build a freaking overpass to Greg, McDonald's. If you're so, if you're if you're if you're so freaking brilliant, why don't you just go ahead and tell the story since you won't let me tell the story? No, no, just leave the parts out of why they didn't build and what they did with the land and move on. This is all part of the story. You're either going to get all the story or none of the story. <laughs> Go. Okay, now shut the frickin' up. <laughs> okay. Long story short, they couldn't build any crosswalks or anything coming across from the parking lot, and it really wasn't to Disney's advantage holding the property across the Harbor Boulevard. So the story goes is that they did a land sw- Eventually, they came up and they were able th- to do a land swap. 
my understanding was Holiday Inn uh, ended up owning the property that the Global Van Lines um, was originally built on. And they did a land swap and they put uh, to where a Holiday Inn took over the property where Fairfield Inn is now currently built. And Disney was given the property now that TDA building was built. So that gave the Disney the, the ability to expand back there. And there's a lot of great stories when that building was being built, too. So yeah, The Holiday Inn used to be right at the corner of Ball and Harbor. It's currently over on Walnut and Ball. Yeah, there's, there's, there's several Holiday that Inns. Built, well, but that Land. building that's that at Ball and Harbor that used to be Holiday Inn is now some other... Yeah, it is. So, it's mother. something else, and they moved their flag the basically old, over to the old Conestoga. Conestoga, and they also have the Holiday Inn Express over at Cotella and Harbor. Yeah, that, and that one's new, newer. Uh, but yes, the story basically goes along the same line that I heard. They they actually swap. I actually was told they swapped the global global van line swapped uh, the land Disney wanted on that corner where Team Disney building is now. And Disney gave them the land that was on the harbor side, and they eventually sold it is the way I got the story. But basically, Disney ended up getting the land he didn't have, or they didn't have, where Team Disney is now. And the land across the street basically went away. Right. But now, they also have land that it, when, like when we went to school across there, they didn't have before where the Grand Hotel was. Okay, so what's this got to do with the guy's question? Well, because he's, so far. he's asked about what that strip across the street. Well, that no, would he's also... asking, no, that's not what he's asking. He's asking about the little motel, no, uh, the little mom and pop motel, the hotel like strip the on Catella. On Catella. So that's backing up, backing up to the old parking lot. Right. Right. Oh, 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 yeah. You know, you're right. I, I, I read Catella, and I was thinking the Harbor Strip because I was thinking of the, uh, the story with the, uh, the, the van lines and the now, property across the street. Well, they do own. Well, they tore that. Didn't they, they tore that down? They did they, own Disney, one of those. Disney owned two, two of the little mom and pop hotels. Al, the Alpine there, the most, and Candy Cane or whatever. Well, no, the what? most famous one was the Heidi Motel. Heidi, okay. Yeah, because we had to go out. And, the Heidi was the only one that we had to go out and check on, though. We had to check regularly as far as security did a regular night, nightly and nightly checks during the night there. Yeah, because the, 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 we knew the guy that, you know, basically they had an on-property manager that the, Disney employed to run this little joint. Who had retired from the park and went to work over on that side there. But... Um, the other little, I, I, I want to say little, but they're not so little anymore. A couple of them kind of expanded. The Desert Palm, if I remember correctly, uh, used to be a nice little single-story uh, motor lodge. Now it's a big three-story hotel that barely has a parking in there. Um, those Disney doesn't own, and they're not leased. The, those were the those places are owned by the companies that are sitting on top of them. And that was one of the the uh, big problems when Walt built Disneyland. Those people were able to gobble up the property, and Disney has been fighting tooth and nail ever since, trying to get the property that it has gotten around uh, the Disneyland Resort area. That was the whole purpose of Walt Disney World and being able to buy up the property that they wanted. Now it wasn't the, the whole purpose; it was a small portion of the purpose. Well, one, one of the, I mean, the way they did it so that nobody could just build. Well, yeah, yeah, by and building I in should, the I middle. 
the way yeah the way they went about it not the purpose of building Walt Disney World but the way they went about buying the property was so that nobody can suddenly try to buy up right in the middle of what they were doing yeah, so modern day um, just builds on the edge so everybody can see it it doesn't make of, much sense to me right one of the more uh, famous what do you want to say tr- uh, attempts at trying to pr- buy property was with the Candy Cane Inn which is on Harbor Boulevard right there at the uh, Harbor Toll Plaza entrance Disney made offer after offer after offer, and they kept trying to buy it, and Candy Cane just would not sell out. Um, the old Stovalls that was next door, they sold out. Um, in fact, Disney bought all the uh, Stovalls that were directly around the property. The I say, Cosmo. yeah, there there was, what, there's, three or four Stovalls, and they... Yeah, there's when, only one left, and that's down over at Disneyland Drive. Is it is it still there? I thought the name changed. It was right behind where the old uh, uh, bowling alley used to be. Uh, no, it's um, actually it's on the southwest corner of Disneyland Drive and Catella, right in back of Coco's. I don't know if Stovall still owns it. I think I they do. I don't think their name the is Stovall. The Stovall name came off of it. I was thinking of the one that's behind where, if you keep going on Catella, where the old bowling alley used to be, there's a little cra- there's a little crappy hotel there that used yeah, to have the Stovall name on it for a while. But yeah, they, when Disney bought all those up before the expansion, then they changed them to a bit, well, Travel. they let Best Western or Travel Lodge run Travel them took, until took they them tore them all down. Right, um, and, but Disney was trying to get a hold of the Candy King because they really wanted that property. And they were trying to get a hold of the property that uh, 7-Eleven currently sits on, right at the absolute corner of Harbor and uh, Catella. Neither one of those people would sell, and so it kind of just came into the point of Disney kind of gave up and just built around them. Well, yeah, the uh, early plans for the expansion showed it going all the way to the corner, and we kept thinking, well, there's things in the way there. You know, there's right. a couple of little... And the candy cane back then was a crappy little, you know, motor lodge, and they've done a great expansion everybody i know that has yeah, they look there really said good it's, it's really nice and we were told whether you know whether and the or not same with the desert palm it looked really crappy now it looks really nice yeah. it doesn't it doesn't look much on the outside even though it's this nice little three-story building but a couple people i've talked to that have actually stayed there in fact some of the people that have come over for uh, the last couple of west fest the, uh, some of them have stayed there and they say they they have like all suites inside that hotel there. Now, now, we've been told, but I've never been able to really actually find any documentation to back it up, that that 7-Eleven is the highest producing 7-Eleven in the world, and it's partly the reason that they won't sell, because it's <laughs> such a great location, and they're making so much money. Why would they sell? Now, when I, I want to say when I first got there, maybe it had already closed by then, but you know, there used to be, I think it was a Chevron station at the corner of Catella and uh Disneyland Driver West Street. Well, it used to be West Street back then. Yeah, there used to be the Chevron station. <coughs> I believe Disney didn't own the station, but they owned the land, and then you know Chevron had been a sponsor. When the, when the lease, so yeah, when the lease came up, it, they it they they took up. it back and made it in the to to more parking and, lot. Right, and that that was the same as the old uh, Pacific Hotel, the Princess Hotel, which later became the Pacific Hotel. Pan, the, the Pan, Pan Pacific. Pacific. Before it was the Pan Pacific Hotel. No, the, the, the Alicante Princess is the down at Harbor and Catella. Yeah. No, no, Harbor and Chapman, rather. Sorry. Harbor, Harbor and Chapman, yeah. That oh, was yeah. the Princess Hotel. No, 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 no. That's the Alicante Plaza. It's always been the... Uh, no, it was, it, the, no, it was the Princess but, Alicante, dude. Come on. One side hotel, okay. one side office building. Right. But the what's now the Paradise Pier Hotel was originally the Princess Hotel. It was owned by the Princess Cruise Lines. I think you're mixing it up. Nope. 
Look it up. I, I think he is, um, too, but we'll move on beyond it. Now, I thought, Richard, you told me. But wait a second. Yeah. What I was going to say is that that property was uh, was the property was owned by Disney and it was being leased out, and that was always a question of what was going to happen there when because it was a real short term lease. It was like a twenty five year lease, and everybody was kind of and it was built, uh, if I remember correctly, around eighty two, eighty three for the eighty four Olympics, and everybody was kind of wondering what was going to happen coming on that. But of course, Disney bought out the hotel, so the whole point became moot. Well, wait. They they didn't own the Rathers um, Hotel by then in the eighties, early eighties, and that land was not uh, Disney's, but that was Rathers land, I believe. The correct. The, uh, but it's not to hotel, say that yeah. they didn't have little tracks here. It's like at Disney World. If you yeah. one of the maps they used to have hanging up in engineering at Disneyland was you know an aerial, and it showed all the the tracks. And it, there were still back in the time I worked there little squares of land within the boundaries of Walt Disney World that they did not own. And for every piece of land like that, Disney has to provide that owner with some kind of access road to get in and off of his their land. Uh, so I don't know if over the time they've managed to gobble those up, but one of the old, old security guys had told me once uh, stories of the guy who owned the land behind Disneyland because Wes... Let's see. Um, what's what's the back gate? Winston Gate. Uh, at Winston Gate, that road used to go all the way to Harbor. And Walt and owned, beyond. Yeah, and Walt owned land on both sides, but not everything. And Disney would have to bring the, their their animals across the street. You know, there's just it was a major hassle. And according to one of the security guys, either after one night of fireworks or one loud night of something. The guy came up to one of the security gates and was just rambling on. Just call Walt and tell him he can have it. He was just tired of all of the, the hassle around the park. So you can kind of get singled out as one of these little guys <coughs> and just get screwed. Now, I was also told that by Winston Gate, a couple of those little uh, ratty uh, hotels were on Disneyland that they had just you know leased because you know sometimes you end up with yeah. this piece of land that's unusable to you because it's not uh, where you need it like the stuff across Harbor there was nothing practical they could do with them because it's across the street yeah they could put a hotel but you, you got across the street and all that kind of stuff and I'm not sure with the Heidi if that was a a matter of we can buy we'll buy it when we can. Um, or they had always owned it and leased it because they didn't need that much parking lot. Not really sure. Now, what I was going to ask you, Richard, is you know it took a long time for them to get the um, strawberry fields where you guys park now. Yeah, I was the, once the old uh, Down Harbor Boulevard there. Yeah. Yes, the strawberry, the old strawberry. Yeah, Yama, Yamaguchi Farm area. Now I was told that we, I say we with Disney, managed to buy the hotel that's just north of, or the property the hotel's on just to the north of it, but. At this point, they don't need uh, they don't need it for anything, so they've you know worked out a deal for that hotel. I, I don't know. I, I heard that somewhere, and uh, I can't actually say if it's true or not. So, say what? That they own the property north of the uh, strawberry fields on Harbor, where the north hotel. Is, hotel oh, oh, where the hotel in the uh, used to be a Bank of America right up there. Uh, no, my understanding is no, they don't. Okay. So somebody uh, told me it is. No, the, <laughs> the the area that was the farmland that the family sold to Disney 
is just strictly the area that was always farmed. Nothing else was ever built there. And they still retain rights, I believe, on six or eight acres in there. And Disney has the rest. In fact, it's funny because we have a roadway that goes right through the middle of their farm. So we have to put gates on the parking lots on either side. So that if we use those parking lots, okay, we'll have people, we'll have the cars drive on this little roadway between the two parking lots. And then we have to close them off because that's still part of their farm. We just have so the they, rights they, to be able to go across it. They kept part of it. Yeah, that could, the whole Catella thing was always screwy the way they didn't, you know, you, you couldn't quite get all the plots of land and then other people build their stuff on it and you're, you're just stuck working with it. You know, it's, it's not a lot you can do with it. And that's really what the, Catella strip ends up being they, and it, it, even when they laid out all this money for expansion they still couldn't get it uh, it's really too bad they didn't buy the area behind the hotel Disneyland Hotel and cleared that crap out but um, looks better than it used to but I still wouldn't want to go back there the <laughs> only reference to any princess hotels I can find is the Hyatt Alicante princess yeah, I think you're right too uh, but since I keep getting yelled at tonight I, I guess I'm just going to be quiet but the Pan Pacific, I always knew it as the the Pan Pacific. Yeah, I remember it as the Pan Pacific, and then when we took it over, it became the Pacific, and then Disney's Pacific, and now, of course, Paradise Pier. I don't even remember that on the, the uh, ever seeing, and they may have officially named that. I don't remember ever seeing that on the hotel, Disney's Pacific. If it was, it wasn't there very long, was it? No, it, it was there for like about, oh, probably maybe about a year or two. Hmm. Yeah, wow. don't, don't don't remember that. But I I've, I hear odd things about that hotel. Some people say, oh, you know, it's not very Disney. Well, duh. Yeah. Even the Disneyland hotels aren't line. very Disney. They're, well, I consider them like Vegas hotels. They're tower hotels. They're interior loading. They're not made to be a magical experience. They're made to be like, you know, a corporate hotel that people are going in and out of. They're 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 like Hiltons and Hyatts and. And those things are—they're not made the same way that Disney designs their hotels these days. So, okay. So, uh, with that, are we going to say we're done? Sure. <laughs> okay. Good, because we're over two hours. So, whoever's yeah, uh, oh well, you know, we're done now, and you can go to sleep, or <laughs> you can turn around, turn around, or. Or you should be home by now if you listen to us in and into work in the morning and the finish your commute with us. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to think if we have anything to announce, but no, we don't. So keep uh, keep the cards and letters coming, and thanks for listening. I guess. Yeah, we don't have the voicemail anymore, right? Just the email. No, that's so that's so 2006. We're, we're, we're so cheap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good, and uh, that'll be well, it. Yeah. Well, good night. Good night. I wish I never had to leave this magical place. Do you believe in the magic of dreams? But if you wish upon a shooting star with all your heart, dreams really do come true. Then join us on a journey where shimmering stardust will tug at your dreams and encourage you to look to the sky and make a wish. Starlight, star bright.
see tonight? I wish I may. I wish I might have the wish I wish tonight. The stars are out where dreams are born. And fairy tales come true.
Just believe. 